0: So not only did this video spiral into multiple season assist letters, but I argue that NBC, the Italian mafia, and the United States government have all begun altering their records from the years 2012 to 2018. And while this video started as an analysis of why Jimmy Fallon is annoying and I don't like him, this has clearly become a matter of national, even global interest.
1: 48 minutes of sparking, 48 minutes. Dog barking 48 minutes of dogs barking 48 minutes of dogs barking
2: 48 minutes of dog.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, this food's really great.
0: <laughs>
1: Welcome to 48 minutes of uh, dudes eating.
0: <laughs> not even like describing the food or anything. Nope.
1: nope.
0: Well, like, just use your imagination. Food doesn't suck. Yeah, <laughs>
1: food's pretty good. Just think, just think about it for a minute. Yeah, um, it's a light cookie surrounding a peanut butter cup, but not like a regular size Reese's, like a teeny tiny one. Not turtles, it was the peanut cluster. Like a Snickers bar, but made into a tiny cupcake. And it was just... Hit the spot, boy. Mm. I can feel the holiday cheer entering my body right now. <laughs> As I go. Well, it's light and crunchy. And it has that... You very have that um, homemade feel. You can know to put salt on it after baking. Because a lot of people, in, in my extended family at least, when they make cookies, they'll end up either being too soft... They're trying to do the whole uh soft whole house, baked yeah. whole house thing, yeah. And sometimes a cookie's gotta be hard, gotta sometimes, have a bite, yeah. There's gotta be some Christmas because then you get the full the full flavor there. And uh, boy, can't have done it better. Like, this is
0: my, my great aunt is amazing, yeah. Like, I've, her cooking just in general is fantastic. I mean, right. my hmm. grandmother, her sister was also a fantastic
1: cook. That's so. fantastic. Oh, well, I appreciate you bringing this up. Uh... yeah.
0: You know, well, uh <laughs> kind of a long, rough day for me.
1: Yeah. You feel comfortable talking about yeah, it? Yeah, I can talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh,
0: had to put the family dog down
1: today. Oh, man.
0: Uh, not so great.
1: Was that your dog growing up?
0: No, because that dog would probably be like 25 years old. Gotcha. Like Fair enough. It would just be something like assisted with tubes.
1: Right. <laughs> it's a, it's, a,
0: it's a technically the, the cells are still alive, you know?
1: <laughs> Some kind of weird ass Doctor Who thing where it's it's something, like. Something
0: you're... out of. Uh, I have no mouth and I must scream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, ever, you ever play the PC game?
1: Not all the way through. I've I've heard a lot of good things about it's it. It's fucking I just, insane. Yeah, adventure games, point and click stuff was really hard for me. I didn't have the brain power to put some of those puzzles together. But
0: but, uh, mm. but yeah, mm-hmm. I had to put the dog down and mm-hmm. like it was really tough in a lot of ways because like obviously the holidays are, are here and it's mm-hmm. bedtime. Put your pet down, and uh, it was a good dog, like a rescue. Yeah. We assumed that she was, like, someone's breeder dog, and... Really? Th- I guess when she was no longer able to, to be useful in that way, it was just, like, dumped on the side of the road. Hmm. So, it was just, this Rottweiler mix. I mean, he was absolutely emaciated, like, the saddest dog you've ever seen. Yeah. Guy are healthy, and spent guy in like 2016 or 17 so that's a pretty okay good chunk of j- yeah like, like i you know you don't see old rottweilers because rottweilers true. don't live that long that's very so true yeah that's like a pretty good run for a pit a Roddy Mc-
1: no matter how long a life or no matter how you know well-loved animal was oh it's yeah still... i mean we went
0: through all the stages of grief at the vet like you know is there something we could do f- so we could have like another day and mm-hmm. like, the vet was like i can give you painkillers but like that doesn't mean that like over in the night Mm-hmm. it doesn't get worse like you know you could work you could take her home but mm-hmm. you could wake up to a much more upsetting situation in the morning and like you know yeah i'm always like you know is there like an emergency vet and like mom you've done this before emergency you don't have i don't want you to spend five grand i was on- gonna say
1: yeah we did an emergency vet for gibson when he was six months old but and and that was a huge chunk of change and we were not we were not in the financial situation that we are in now and it was like, well, there goes our couch fund. Yeah. Uh, g- g- you take your ting- couch. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like we're, we're having a cat. <laughs>
0: yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it also, uh, probably should exercise her a little bit more. But the thing is, like, the dog obviously came from such a traumatic.
1: The dog came from circumstances. The dog I think most certainly the...
0: came from circumstances. So really just, like, giving the dog just, like, a nice, pleasant existence just seemed to kind of be, like, the easiest and probably the best thing to do. Like, yeah, uh, just let the dog chill. But it was like tough, like bringing her in for all of this. Is that like, this is a dog that I, not fucking joking, everyone loves this dog. Once oh, they met it, sure. All the ladies that worked at the vet's office are all like choking up. Yeah, which is not making everything else. No,
1: anymore. yeah. So once you see other people doing it too, you're like, oh yeah, this is this is hitting. This is real. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is really fucking happening. Yeah, this is not where I thought my day was gonna go. Right. Like, well, uh, yeah.
1: One would hope not. Yeah. Fuck.
0: I you know we thought like the dog just had like a fever and I'm like man this dog's old as shit like mm-hmm. what's the odds here and like okay I'll help and that's
1: always in the back of your mind when you got an old pet yeah
0: yeah so yeah unfortunately that's just the way it goes you know I mean we discussed like oh what if we got like a, a proper ultrasound or something but yeah. then like I mean you're literally then loving something to death
1: at a certain point it's it's it's, it's uh, selfish quality of life yeah quality you, of life you, this yeah.
0: animal's suffering. I had to be the one to say it.
1: Sure, because I mean I know I'm I'm willing to bet that your mom is just not in that mind space. Like this isn't even a decision that she could probably fathom because of this weight that's coming down. You know, like it's it's it was rough. Yeah,
0: I mean she's got another dog, but I mean this still the dog. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you have like pets, that are great. You love you miss them when they're gone, but like Mm. this was like the The dog. Yeah, yeah
1: i'm having that same thing uh my cat gibson is 17 and you know he's he's getting slow he's getting frail he's and you know he cries a lot and he you know wants to go outside and every time he goes outside i'm I'm thinking okay well i'm gonna open the door and he's gonna pass because he doesn't want to be around me when he goes but you know he's still just he's crying at the door I'm like okay well i guess i'll let you back in uh <laughs> unreal <laughs> <old> shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: and, why did you uh, go why couldn't you go freak out some kids on their way to school next uh, morning oh, bad.
1: <laughs> i wouldn't let him be missing for that long sure i'll, I'll put it that way uh because you know he's he's been a very uh snuggly boy since day one and he's he's he sleeps with us all the time and like i i would notice oh wait where'd he go it's one of those weird things where you know my wife and i've been talking and like yeah this is probably gonna be Gibson's since last christmas and it was just like why did i say that now that's all i'm gonna be thinking about for the next two days and uh, oh i
0: thought you were gonna think like so how are we gonna kill the cat like, no, no 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 you want to spin just. it really hard in a trash bag. <laughs>
1: Drop him off at River to parent see if he comes <laughs> home. No, <laughs> see if he can survive
0: the night in the,
1: in the, in the radioactive runoff water. <laughs> that cat probably would, you know, just be thrive. Yeah, probably show up next morning. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, he's yeah, but, he's, I mean, he's killed possums. He's got you know animals much bigger than him. And
0: oh shit, man, there was a fucking possum chilling with your cats when I was leaving last week.
1: Yeah, that's so weird because the one cat, Cora, the big black cat, uh, is she's usually the one that's like really aggressive about territory, and so the fact that she was chilling with a possum. <laughs> Yes, you sent me a picture of the possum just hanging out in the backyard. I'm like, yeah, the black cat was out there when it was happening. Yeah, no, they
0: were like, the cats were just like on the stoop, just yeah. being like, I don't know about this, and the possum was in the flower bed, just yeah. being like screaming at its own ass or whatever. And
1: truly bizarre. I was, uh, I,
0: it kind of took. I mean, like, I know possums are pretty harmless, so I'm just like, oh, it's a sure. I don't really expect to see a possum in the city.
1: I've seen a bunch, especially yeah, I see they, them, they, like, they, like, they come out from the the park, you know, because we're right close to Tower Grove, and so yeah. like they come up from the park, and a lot of them really like to walk the alleys and go in the trash cans and stuff, and and they hang out in people's backyards. So I mean, they're they're a lot more frequent than you'd think. One of the nights I was working overnights out here in the uh, the chalet, and I hear this weird noise, and it was like. Woo, 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 woo. The fuck is that? So I open this door, and I come face to face with three raccoons. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's definitely a raccoon sound now that you mentioned it. And they're just like, what? And they all just look at me, and they take off. So it was very odd. We see we see a lot of that stuff. Uh, Hawks will sit out on the stop signs and just like hang out there, and and then they'll just take off. See you living, yeah. What a day. What a day. Yeah, I.
0: like, literally just like left the vet like an hour hour and a half ago like, i gotta stop in my apartment take some medicine and stuff right and, and usually take time to shower and change i'm in my work clothes like i usually show up here looking like the guy that if you were at strip club and saw a bachelor at part or bachelor party coming in you're like oh that's the guy's gonna be a problem <laughs> everything about this guy says bad credit <laughs>
2: And he's he's, he's
0: going to see what he can get away with. Tonight.
1: He's received many past due notices from Rockford Fosgate, Rockford Fosgate, <laughs> National Geographic, the subscription service for bacon. You know, just he's oh, a, yeah, he's a... you
0: know, I brag that Blue Apron can't send me the collections because they don't have my social. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He can't keep getting away with it. Yeah, There's some guy at Blue Apron like fuck,
1: god damn it, he's too good. He's got a serious collection of cassettes from Columbia House because he just kept cycling through. <laughs> Columbia <dresses>. House.
0: <laughs> I think the saddest thing I ever did as a kid was like fill those out and yeah. then, like just never send them. Oh, man. Saying.
1: Yeah. Wishful thinking, I guess.
0: Yeah. I really want that Soundgarden record. Mm-hmm. Or Collective Soul or whatever. Oh, and I get Weird Al?
1: Sick. I did BMG. That was the one that I wound up going through. It was because of BMG that I found a couple of bands that would then become my favorites. They did a a, a compilation one time. It was like uh, whatever genre of stuff that you initially ordered, they'd be like, oh, well, here's a CD of this. And it was like rock music. And one was the German band Fury in the Slaughterhouse, a couple tracks on there. It was the uh, British band Sleeper, Champagne, Illinois' Hum, yeah. uh, the band Hum there, and then a couple other... I can't even remember the other but those three were like in heavy rotation and I eventually became like huge fans of those bands and I think I'm all better for it. Uh, so it was yeah. very strange. I subscribed to this. I didn't like any of the stuff they picked other than that. <laughs> it was always the record of the month is uh, the new Bon Jovi album. Like, yeah, no, thank God, you. This I'm is good. Like
0: the mid-90s. So it's not even like
1: Not even the good Bon Jovi album. It's albums. not even like yeah. Bon
0: Jovi you can like act
1: like no yeah you can't you can't bluff your way through it indefensible yeah uh harry connick jr's she though was was one of the monthly things and i still enjoy that record Hmm. uh it's weird that that i enjoy that because it definitely doesn't sound like the thing here's
0: that sean lynn record that.
1: (laughs) i don't think they were that cool i don't think they had their finger on the pulse like that it was just like hey it was a song that was a hit on the radio for three months here's the full record, I'm like I really do not need the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack. I promise you, I do not <laughs> on CD, no less.
2: It's time for your mom's favorite part of the show. It's time for the breath mint.
1: You want to get right into it, or what, 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 let's pop it in. Man. Let's pop it in, baby. All right, so it is uh, 48 minutes. Of dogs barking, as we mentioned before. Welcome to the show. My name is Jason. This is Brian. This is an extended uh, New Year's version of the show. As we did last year, we're going to tell you what our best of 2023 was. So, Brian, where do you want to start? Because I know a lot of things took off 2023. I've got a few uh, a few categories, if you will. So where do you want to start?
0: Let's start with movies.
1: Movies. Okay. Well, I think you and I are going to agree on this one. My number one all year long, Bo is Afraid. Yeah. Bo is Afraid. Holy shit. <laughs> I loved Midsummer. I loved Hereditary. And I thought, okay... Ari Aster is just going to continue doing what he's done before. Stylish, moody, horror thrillers with uh, interesting things happening visually. And he did something completely out of left field is that he made the darkest comedy (laughs) I think I've ever seen. (laughs) It is so absurd. Slapstick, mad dash, cavalcade of nonsense. It's anxiety provoking. It's pretty much the most anxious I've felt during a movie since uncut gems,
0: I want to say since uncut gems yeah. or record.
1: Yeah. Oh, abso- Oh, wow. That was that wasn't Lawrence von Trier, was it? No, that was
0: no, that was the remake of uh, the Spanish horror film. Okay.
1: Yeah. Boy, what a. Whew.
0: The it's one of those things where the American version and the uh, the original Spanish version are actually both very good.
1: Yeah, much like uh, the Ring when the Ring yeah. remake came out. Yeah. Refresh my memory. That's a found footage movie, right?
0: Yeah, so that's the one where, um, like, if we're just going, I, it's been a while since I've seen the Spanish one. But yeah. So the American version, it's a, a late night reporter, and she's doing a piece where she is doing a ride along with a fire department. The fire department gets this call to a hotel, or not hotel, apartment complex, and then finds out there's some sort of weird demonic rabies.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Infesting everyone, and uh, I think I think it's a great horror film. I think it's one of the best horror films of
1: uh, the aughts. As far as found footage go, it's probably up there as well. Like there's a few other contenders, but that one, pretty damn good. It's pretty damn fucking good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, boy, Bo is afraid. What a what a surprise! I really felt surprised every few minutes. There was something yeah. in that movie that shook you or took you out of your comfort zone or just freaks you the fuck out <laughs> like, yeah not in a horror way but in this kind of grim comedy way i'm trying to think of like what other movie is like dark and Lucatecent, funny maybe? yeah okay Je- other jeanet stuff too um there's some really funny moments in like city of lost children that have yeah. that, that vibe or um radiator <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. see um all it was missing was that guy, you know the one, the guy who's in every genet
0: movie. Oh, the the guy who's like the Robin Williams of France. Yes, yes, yes. The guy who's the who is the 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 professor or whatever. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying, He's also he's the cripple in Alien
1: Resurrection. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's the guy. Him and Ron Perlman are now in every Jannet movie. Uh, actually, I did see a new Jannet this year, which I thought would not happen. And the name escapes me. I'm going to, have to look this up. It was it was some dumb name that had nothing to do with the movie itself.
0: I hate to say it. Outside of like Amelie, mm-hmm. uh,
1: Save Lost Children,
0: Delicatessen, and like parts of Alien Resurrection, like he has not done a lot of good stuff. He is like the Rick Rubin of movie, of movie directors. Like he's done some stuff that like blew everyone's fucking mind. And mm-hmm. he's also done some shit that's like beat, blow straight the video.
1: And that's exactly what happened to this one. Ah, okay. It was called Big Bug, <laughs> which is a dumb name. It's a dumb name for a film, did, and I don't care. You
0: also a movie like a year or two ago for Netflix that no one has talked about.
1: That's it Big a, Bug.
0: It, oh, about the robot yeah. shit? Yeah, yep,
1: yep. <laughs> so it's set in this Jetson-style future where mm-hmm. these like suburbanites are hanging out, and then an android uprising causes them to be stuck in the house and some of the androids uh, become murderous and some of them become extremely horny because it's a french movie
0: <laughs> and... oh, is he a horny robot
1: <laughs> and it's just it's so absurd it tr- it tries to swing for the fences to be this really big broad comedy but it just falls so fucking flat i can't even recommend it as like a hate watch like it doesn't live up to any other reputation. You know, it's not a it's not a good movie. It's not a good Janae movie. It's not a good Android movie. It's not even a good bad movie. For being something from a guy who's usually considered like, oh, he's got this unique style. It just it feels like, like he
0: boundary pushing and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it feels so, like he
1: found it in.
0: I feel like he's been doing that for about twenty years
1: now. <laughs> honestly. Ever since uh, Alien the fourth Alien
0: movie. <laughs> like when I worked at Blockbuster Mm-hmm. And like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, mm-hmm. we got one of his movies that had the the, the French Bill Cosby or the fuck, and it was really bad. And I was like, oh, it's the guy who did Say Lost Children, or one of the guys who did Say Lost Children. And I rented it, and I'm like, man, this is this is rough, even by f- like pretentious French movie standards. Oh, so.
1: was that Mick Max? Maybe. What a weird track record. Amelie, Delicatessen. City of City Lost, Lost Children, Children. It was one of my favorites of all time. I really enjoyed his uh, kind of his version of the English Patient, which was called A Very Long Engagement. It also had Audrey Tautou in it. Uh, it was a love story, and it was very subdued for him. You know, it was, it was very not necessarily Hollywood, but definitely old school. And now what? Like we're doing these really odd sci-fi movies. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it, it Beau is afraid had moments that that struck me as like that style of thing, which is kind of taking a back seat these days. I feel like there's nobody doing something that odd. You know what I mean? Like there's maybe one or two, obviously if David Lynch comes out with something new, we're going to have that debate again. But, you know, like, I'm trying to think like, what are the other weird movies I've seen this year? And they're mostly... Either takes on other formulas, or
0: right. I mean, they're they're all probably all by a twenty four. Yeah, a lot of the stuff. I mean, like I, X. That's true.
1: Yeah, X and Pearl. The, the yeah, I uh, Maxine next year. It's coming up, I baby. Saw that
0: I saw that. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I I think Bo's afraid just really encapsulates so many elements of being like an anxious person. Yes. I got in trouble last time I think we talked about Boza Frey because I mentioned that like, you know, do Frey, it doesn't relate to you. You probably had like a really nice childhood and like probably had a horse. <laughs> uh, and my, my girlfriend oh. had to remind me that she grew up with a horse. Okay. Well, she it, didn't have necessarily like a picturesque upbringing. And I'm like, touche. I was like thinking more like someone that went to like a visitation academy. Yeah. and like, Waspy. A, a very Waspy. Oh, the, yeah, their dad's like Brown Crouppen or some, <laughs> shit. You know, some high-priced
1: lawyer. Right, so, some big law firm. You know, my dad owns a dealership kind of style, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, um, w- I went to high school with a bunch of dad-owns-the-dealership guys, and uh, guess where they work now? At the dealership, because right. they
0: failed out their first semester at SEMO.
1: <laughs> Nailed it in one. But yeah, yeah, this year, A24 was doing some stuff. Uh, Dick's the Musical, I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a great movie, but it swung for the fences at least. They released uh, Priscilla, which is the kind of the antidote to Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, uh, because it is about how Elvis groomed uh, his young child bride. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. They had uh, Zone of Interest, which I'm very interested in, but I have yet to see. Uh, Let's see here. The Nick Cage vehicle dream scenario, him trying to get back into his uh, uh, Charlie Kaufman weird vibes, which I wholly appreciate. Please, please do some more of that. And everybody talked about past lives and about how good it was. I still have yet to see that one. Very excited to check that. Oh, and the Iron Claw, brand new one, just came out. i isn't that what that's the one about professional wrestling. That's right? about the
0: Von Erichs, which is okay. probably one of the most tragic stories in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Just Dark Side of the Ring did like a two-parter like a year or two ago about the Von Erics. Okay. It's just one of those things like, wow, that is a fucked up story and then you kind of forget about it. All you just remember yeah. is like that is holy fuck. And that's kind of the thing that, uh, apparently it's like fucking with some people that are seeing the Iron Claw that like don't know a lot about wrestling. They think it's like, you know, something a little bit, Less depressing than like say the wrestler, but it's like not no, and like yeah. you're, like no, this is this is like Campbell Holocaust, a wrestling movie. Like this is Whew. just like a family just like driven by like a, a patriarchal father who uh just can't have anything less than perfection, Poof. and all and just like son like his children like they die from drug overdoses, die in freak accidents, I think suicide, wow. and like like there's one Von Erich. now there's like grandsons and great-grandsons i think they like wrestle sure in, like, the indies but like from that von eric generation there's only one son left and i think he's like a hippie dude down hawaii now or some shit it's wild but,
1: yeah i mean um, if that was your upbringing i can certainly see going the exact opposite direction but yeah i love a good wrestling movie the last good one i saw was the wrestler but i haven't seen a really good one since fighting with my family was all right but it was purely a WWE product, big quotes, you know, like it was very much like this is advertising for raw, you know, like very, yeah,
0: it felt very transparent. I I (laughs) only seen a little bit of it. I'm like, I can't do this.
1: Ultimately, once you get through movies, it's not really worth the time. The only WWE thing that I found really good in the past couple of years was the, they were trying to get on the DreamWorks Pixar train and they did that, that monster wrestling movie. Will Arnett is the main character in it, which is okay. Um,
0: the fuck are you talking about?
1: There was a CGI monster, like a kaiju wrestling movie starring Will Arnett. It was a WWE, uh, it's called Rumble. The name of the movie is Rumble. Oh. So a teenage girl, her father used to be a wrestling coach for giant monsters, your Godzillas and your whatnots. Yeah. And so uh, she takes up the dad's mantle and trains this schlubby kind of fat monster who's lazy and makes him into a pro wrestler. Huh. Okay. So for like a family movie, really fun. Talks about how like wrestling is actually a thing. You know, like it's, it's interesting. Anyway. <laughs> Got way far afield there, uh, but yeah, Bo is afraid. Was afraid. Great movie. Uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. No wrestling viewing, in that though. No, no wrestling. No
0: wrestling. Though. There's lots of scary things, scary people.
1: I um, do love that Parker Posey has a has a great role, short but great role in that. I love. Yeah, love Parker. she's
0: only in it for like what 15 minutes, and what?
1: but not only does every action move the plot along, but she's just a hoot. She's a hoot. Lover,
0: yeah, so it's a great little movie. I think more people should watch it. Apparently, Ari Aster is very disappointed with the reception it got, really. But I don't know, man. You made a, <laughs> you
1: made you made a... a three hour long movie <laughs> about anxiety.
0: What did you think was gonna Mommy happen? Mommy drama, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw that tweet where it's like normal person, I didn't like Bo was afraid, and then like the second one is like highly
1: neurotic Jewish man,
0: it's not for you,
1: yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Even though I'm not Jewish, highly yeah. neurotic person. Uh, I got to give the number two slot to Oppenheimer. Again, I think we agree a lot on this one. Oppenheimer, yeah. a big ballsy biopic that you don't really, you don't really see a lot of those for like on paper boring people. <laughs> like, like yeah. J. Robert Oppenheimer is he's just a guy, right? He he liked uh, being in the in the wilderness and being on on horseback and and physics and like that was his deal, but. The way that Nolan uh, presents it, there's some some neat little uh, fudging of historical facts. There's some stuff where uh, you're definitely given an insight into his mind. It's kind of hard to tell whether that was an invention of the film. A stacked cast, Cillian Murphy doing an all-time best. Still haven't seen Peaky Blinders, so I can't speak for whether that show is, uh, is Be better nice than this film. You. Emily Blunt, you got your uh, Florence Poe. Poe? I always say her name wrong. Pow. <laughs> Pow. Uh, you got your uh, Matt Damon in a yeah. subdued performance, which I always like to see him in. Boy, Gary Oldman as Truman. Again, very short scene. Kills it. There, there's some uh, Robert Downey Jr. A lot of performance there. Again, very subdued. And I think that's Nolan's way. You're going to take an actor and you're going to like rein him in a little bit. And I think that works. It works for the style of the film. It works for the time period. It works for the subject matter. You know, you're not gonna have these big bombastic people. They're dealing with some serious shit and they're kind of be reserved a little bit. Yeah, I think it's
0: a movie about big moments and big decisions, not necessarily big personalities right. or big people. The people that are the big personalities are Robert Downey Jr.'s character or like, you know, Gary Oldman. Like yeah. they they're like the big personalities. They kind of carry that part of the narrative. I think the first 20 or so minutes are pretty bad
1: it does take a minute to find its footing
0: yeah because it was definitely like what the fuck am i watching and it was like really one of those things where are like um, are we about to go get our money back <laughs> i'm not joking
1: no i i can see that i can definitely see because you... it
0: really it really that's probably I think, the biggest flaw of the film it's not florence poe uh dry humping in an office room <laughs>
1: It wasn't that for three hours. Is the is the weakness of the movie? Is what you are saying? So we, it's not that for three hours. But, um, but talk about another three hour movie. I mean, Oppenheimer was long, and it did not feel its length.
0: It did not at all. It, it moved really well. Really, aside from that first segment, like once you got to the part where he's at the party, yes, and Florence Poe's characters there. As soon as he meets like,
1: Jean, it's it's I feel firecrackers, like I feel, you know. feel
0: like then it really starts moving in the right direction and. uh, um, just the cinematography is really top-notch. The the fact that it was um, all filmed in IMAX.
1: Oh wow! And then cropped for the the 60 by mi- or the uh, yeah sixty by nine.
0: I forget this particular aspect of the process, but I believe like they had like use special lenses, and mm. so you're just getting a level of detail yeah. that you normally don't see. And we saw like the 80 millimeter print. Oh wow! Um, so you so had like, the, the so big I mean, like, experience. Yeah. The 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 image was so sharp. That you could see like the ambient dust particles in the focal plane, like while people were talking, particularly when they were like outside. So like I've never seen anything that that detailed where it's just like you see dust in the air like that. Like you see the particles.
1: And I think that was on purpose. There's a lot of references to particles, rain, there's all these visual motifs that so I'm sure that was in keeping with the style of the film as well. Yeah, yeah. You don't see a lot of that on the home release even with the projector out here. I, I didn't quite catch all that because well, of you course, really do
0: need to see it in IMAX because yeah. it, it's it's really one of the few films that like, oh, no, this is exactly how it's meant to be seen. Some people took criticism that like oh, this is rehabilitating Oppenheimer because, you
1: mm. know, I don't know. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't think you're you don't really I don't really walk away from that movie with like a lot of empathy for him.
1: No, it tries to have it both ways, and I think it succeeds, which is hard for a movie like this. It tries to both excuse Oppenheimer's early years as kind of being his wild days, but as he gets involved in the Trinity Project, in the Manhattan Project, sorry, Trinity Test, Manhattan Project, he's consumed by this, and then it, and then once the Trinity Test happens, you really see the fallout, ha-ha, in his personal life, in his you know his professional life, he's kind of iced out of all these situations, but also you can see it on Cillian's face this weight that's kind of crushed oh, yeah. him, uh, physically too. Even in the flashback scenes in the early uh, film, he looks gaunt. You know, you, you you sense this. I don't know pressure, pain. Some something has happened. Tension. To him. Like yeah. a man,
0: a man who is in some level like trying not to crack. Yeah, part of what Cillian Murphy's, Murphy's performance. Part of what makes it really interesting is that it really does feel like a guy who could just start kind of weeping at any moment.
1: He feels on edge. And you as the audience going along with him between these time pieces, at least in the opening, you're not sure where you stand, but then eventually it starts to calm down a bit and you go, Oh, this has destroyed him. <laughs> like right. You start yeah. to get the sense and, of the yeah.
0: yeah, you should feel should yeah, feel like you that. You should, you should. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Uh so what what did you have running in your mind? Of what Einstein had said to Oppenheimer at the lake that got
1: uh, oh wow him
0: all fought up.
1: It wasn't what they actually revealed at the end of the movie. I I had thought it was something about like him repeating back to him like now we are all sons of bitches or some yeah. something like that. Like yeah, you were right when you said that or or something. You know something to where Einstein also felt the depth of it. But the, the way the, what the film explains is probably as close to that as as you can get without you know actually knowing but yeah you're right this is actually going to destroy the world not the way you thought but
0: there was the thought that like what well, if you ignite the entire atmosphere and, and
1: that is that is brought up multiple times in the movie and it is a certainly a central piece of tension even though since it's a historical drama you know that's not what happened Yet. it's still <laughs> given this palpable sense that like maybe we are going <laughs> right, to right. annihilation. You, you really do get in that moment and that mindset it really absorbs you in that way that like you believe for a moment that this could happen, even though you know it didn't. It's still in the back of your mind, like and that's intentional. It's meant to, to ratchet up that sense of unease.
0: I thought he said something like, uh, Beavis's butthead, son. <laughs> that's canon, by the way. That's canon. <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you? <laughs> Very interesting theory, Oppenheimer. <laughs> the, what the, the beavis was the son of the butthead.
1: Why'd you say that? <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a lot of ties for third place because, boy, a lot of good movies came out this year. I'm going to go ahead and just drop the honorable mentions and a brief thing about them. Uh, Asteroid City, let me some Wes Anderson
0: i haven't seen that yet i know it's on hbo or max yeah sorry.
1: yeah i know uh, it's on max gotta recommend it uh, if for nothing more than tom hanks in a wes anderson movie where he, he gets to stretch out a little bit which is yeah. nice uh i'd love to see jason schwartzman in he a doesn't lead. act like he's crushing a diamond in his ass the whole time.
0: <laughs> well isn't tom hanks in there because bill murray isn't
1: correct yes yeah. uh, but honestly it's a good choice if you're gonna have okay. if you're gonna have me choose between the two I will choose either one of them, but I think Tom Hanks was great. Uh, Jason Schwartzman in the lead uh, for the first time in a while since Rushmore, I think, in the in the lead of a Wes Anderson movie. He's playing kind of this Wes Anderson stand-in character who's uh, going through it. Uh, you got your Scarlett Johansson. Love her. A brief Margot Robbie cameo uh, near the end of the movie. Uh, mm. Jeff Goldblum does a voice in it. Yeah, a lot of the, what you'd think of now is kind of the Wes Anderson retinue of regulars. It's great. There's some really uh, goofy moments that just kind of stand out. Maya Hawke, <laughs> Ethan Hawke, and Uma Thurman's kid is that it. There's just some real fun moments, but there are also some real. There's some genuine darkness, which is something that I think has been missing from the last. West saying like even French Dispatch, as dark as it would get, sometimes it felt like it was sh- it was kind of like shying away from it and yeah. deflecting with a joke at all these wrong moments. And I think Asteroid City instead leans in, and there's a few just some heartbreak in this movie. And it's this last scene. It's really hard to describe without spoiling it, but essentially it breaks the fiction of what you're watching, because what you're watching is presented as a film that is also a stage play that is also an account of something that really happened. So during the stage play portion, Schwartzmann literally walks behind him, breaks out of the reality of what you're watching into black and white, which is supposedly the which is supposedly our reality, walks across a catwalk, and there is Margot Robbie, his actual actress wife, who is starring in something in the next building over so they're standing on the fire escape talking to each other your scene got cut from the movie it breaks reality for a moment but then it also between the two characters there's this genuine moment and then it goes right back to what you were watching before and you're like what just happened some people saw that as a weakness wait you just took me completely out of what you were doing and had this whole other moment with a character but it happens at the point in the movie that's in color where the character that Schwartzman's playing has just had this epiphany about the relationship with an actress who he's chasing. And so the reality and the fiction collide in that moment. And I think it's kind of neat. Kind of like Wes Anderson kind of playing a little bit. Kind of having, sure. a, having a little fun. It feels playful, which is nice. I always like to see that. Speaking of playful, Megan... The <laughs> killer robot good. movie. I love killer robot movies. I love horror movies. And I love horror movies that are PG-13 because my kids are 13 now. So I get to see a lot more of them with them. Not really much Megan else. Megan was
0: a lot of fun.
1: Not really much else to write home about, though. I mean, Jennifer Conley has a yeah. has a bit part in that. Best death by pressure washer I've seen in a film. <laughs> forgot about that. Uh, unfortunately, there is some harmed dogs. So anyone who does not feel comfortable watching a film where a dog comes to harm, maybe, maybe skip that one. Enjoyed that. There's a great little Terminator riff at the end, too, which I thought was real fun. Mm-hmm. And the other honorable mention Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Mutant Mayhem is great. Ice Cube is in it. Jackie Chan. Oh man, <laughs> Ice Cube, Jackie Chan. Uh, you know, Seth happy Rogen. Happy birthday, uh, Jackie Chan. Happy birthday, Jackie Chan. The four kids, actual kids who play the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, great. The art style looks ripped straight from Eastman and Laird's comics. There's so many just wonderful old school hip hop tracks sprinkled throughout. There's so many just dazzling visuals that happen constantly. It's eye candy, it turns into a kaiju movie at the end because why not? There's nothing not to like. It's just a fun movie. My real actual top three ends with Barbie. I gotta say, Barbie, fun. Uh, feminism light you know <laughs> feminism it's very much
0: like we'd be, we'd be at brunch now
1: <laughs> oh it's no mistake that kate mckinnon is in the movie i'm sure that's part of it yeah it, it definitely does have some real wine mom shit lib some talking points pussy but...
0: hat shit <laughs> but the same hey time. black women should be thankful that white women let them have rights <laughs> kind of shit
1: other than that, boy Ryan Gosling, as I mentioned before, big fan steals the show, sings and dances his ass off. Cina and Ryan Gosling's well, probably the best part of it. Yeah, which is really unfortunate because Margot Robbie is oh, no she's slouch I mean, either. She's great, just completely outshine.
0: Yeah, Ryan Gosling, you know the man grilling a single portobello mushroom.
1: All I can think of is, is his character in La La Land. Uh,
0: Guy, yeah. fucking hated that movie. You did? I fucking was seething. Really? Why? Who's the chick in the remake of Parent Trap?
1: Okay, uh,
0: Lindsay Lohan Lindsay Lohan, there we go I thought that was Lindsay Lohan And just and she had bad work done And I was like, wait, that's Emma Stone? It's Emma Stone Yeah. It took me like two-thirds of the movie I'm like That's a,
1: okay That's, I don't, a, that's like, a choice I like, It feels like a face blind Did you forget thing. your glasses? What about it? <laughs> nothing alike. I th- like well, I, I think Emma Stones has some bad work on her face Entirely possible the
0: that, that new movie she's in, poor she, things. Yeah, uh, it's like, is there prosthetics? Did um, did you bleach her face? Hard to tell. I'm not trying to comment on a woman's look, but there's sometimes it's just like, oh, you shouldn't have done that if you did right. something. It's, 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 it becomes a, I am sorry that happened to you. Maybe or she not. lost.
1: Maybe she lost somebody. Maybe she gained somebody that know. can fuck with your face too. Like there's some. I mean, there's some reasons why that can happen. But no, she, I mean her performance is great in that movie too. It's just great. Really I just, like, great, oh, I just think
0: that movie is it's like buying on fucking tinfoil
1: Really? I Is it woo! okay, is it musicals that you don't like or is it movies about being wanting to be in the movies that you don't like? Cuz it's I it's kind of I'm not
0: a big fan of musicals and then okay. like shit that's kind of like navel gazing at like look we're in the hills, look we're in Yeah. like yeah. I'm not always a big fan of that because like I've been to LA, I think it's fun. I also think it smelled like piss. Right, it's like oh cool, like I I saw that in the movie one time. <laughs> Still smells like piss. That's fair. It's fucking yeah. The the longing for a world and never. It's it's definitely it's the fucking return for theater kids.
1: Uh yeah, pretty much yeah. Uh, unfortunately, as a former theater kid, I, I was engrossed by the movie. I liked everybody's in it. anyway. How about you, Brian? Do you have a, a brief rundown of your, I'm of your gonna top say, things? I'm
0: going to say that uh, we're going to be very similar here. I think Bo is Afraid still is my number For one. For sure. I, even though I, I've commented a few times already that the second viewing did not get me the same way the first yeah. viewing did. There's still just a lot of masterful stuff. That first segment when he's in the city is oh. still Yeah, still every amazing. paranoid
1: right-winger is the you know, worst nightmare. The ever. birthday boy killer. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> the, the birthday boy killer. It's like, yeah, it's just a
0: naked man, a naked old man with a knife. a knife. Yeah, and I think even like the TV thing, he's just he's naked and he's just like fuck you. Yeah, the the whole first segment with in the city is mm-hmm. is fucking amazing. The part with Nathan Lane is surreal. I don't know if you saw the the photo of the two young ladies that went as Halloween as the daughter who drank the paint. <laughs> no, they they like took like paint cans, cleaned them out, yeah, 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 and then filled them with you know booze. I'm sure. Oh but like, sure. But add food dye, <laughs> so it looked like the blue paint. And uh, you know they had like the fake blue paint like going down like their chin. And stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Yeah, like. I think that movie. It's it's about the anxiety of a certain type of person who has a certain type of relationship with a, a f- their family, just right. in general. Right. But I think it also scratches like at the paranoia and like the shortcomings of the American psyche. Perhaps it even goes yeah. for say p- post Iraq War, post you know nine eleven. Oh sure, uh, because you do have the the farmer from the beginning scene of oh. of uh, Inglorious Bastards. Bastards, yeah, the milk farmer. As the psychopath, shell shocked Iraq war vet. Oh,
1: I'd forgotten that that was the same guy.
0: It's, it's, it's fucking surreal to think about.
1: Nathan Lane doing his best Ray Schmuckles, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I kept expecting well, Hey,
0: tomorrow morning we'll take you out there, Bo. Don't worry.
1: Yeah, I kept expecting him to snap those tongs and be like, "Do you want some frittatas?" You know.
0: <laughs> hey, Bo, we got. Bo, we've got some uh, uh cr- crispy. Stella's over here in the fridge. Exactly. I'm going to go order
1: Airwolf on eBay. Um.
0: Yeah, it's just very like like nothing bad has ever happened to a no, guy, guy. And yeah. uh,
1: The fact that he can be in that and then Dick's the musical, which is it just the polar opposites of quality as far as yeah. movies go in the same year.
0: The last bit is probably my least favorite part because I think... Uh, well,
1: it's Kafka's The Trial. A little bit, yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's what I thought of anyway, I hate to see it, but the penis monster in the attic just like, OK, like
1: on the nose, me. on the nose. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Your yeah. father's a dick.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, because I think it betrays some of the pathos and some of the real heavier stuff, even if it is played for black humor. Sure. Earlier in the film that have something that's a little cheesy like that. And maybe it's on purpose. I don't know. Weighing that against like earlier parts of the movie, particularly the the forest scene, mm-hmm. and particularly the, the story that plays out there.
1: Which yeah, is this, this wish fulfillment,
0: this wish fulfillment, mm-hmm. and how it falls apart at the very end because he's never fucked. I think that really shows Ari Aster and the people he works with their creativities that you can have this movie within a movie, basically. Yeah, yeah. And have it come back around in a way. That's both really devastating and really beautiful. Like this, you really build this beautiful story, and then and as it falls it. apart, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like just pushing a beautiful vase off the off the pedestal and watching it yeah. crash on the ground. Apparently, that took like eight months to do.
1: Wow, I mean, the the effort shows up on screen.
0: Such a great part of the movie, and the part where you're like, Are you, my dad, and the guy blows up and oh. uh,
1: <laughs> devastating. Every time he gets close to something approaching, you know, uh, salvation or catharsis, it's taken from him by external forces. It's just beautiful.
0: Even though that that last third's got some stuff I don't like. You still got Parker Posey, who's great. The stuff with his mom is still actually pretty buying.
1: I could watch that bit of dialogue there the part
0: with the lawyer who's, yes uh... oh, 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 oh boy R-
1: richard karn no i did, think not, not richard Carn. that's I mean, that's t- no that th- that's dead. a yeah that's on that was on uh Time. i know the guy and his name escapes me hold on i have because i this is now bugging me he's a character actor. i've seen him in everything mm-hmm. richard kind I, I was close richard kind not karns mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, richard kind what a guy he's been he's been in everything
0: Yes, he's, he's great. He's been so much shit. Number two, I hate to say it, also going to be uh, Oppenheimer. Don't hate to say it. It's a great flick. I, I think so... the cinematography is top notch. Yeah. Yes, it has some cultural and historical blind spots, but I don't think that's the story it was trying to tell. Well, so... yeah, that's
1: kind of... that. That's the point of the movie is that this is not about anything else it's about robert oppenheimer his name's on the fucking billboard you know yeah, <laughs> like i feel
0: like it'd be really weird if they took like 20 minutes to talk about like the horrors of the nuclear bomb in japan Like, because we already know that yeah uh we kind of already they, know they that they take it as
1: written which is good in something like this because you, you yeah we know this we know and, that uh
0: you know of course it's got you know florence poe in it who uh i think is amazing she kills it and She was a part of one of the latest, uh, are sex scenes uh, bad discourse on that?
1: Uh, It was a gift from Oppenheimer, yeah. It was a gift
0: from Oppenheimer, which I think is actually probably one of the most poignant scenes describing that the specter of this former lover haunts both of them.
1: It's when Kitty's testifying and she uh, she sees Robert in the chair having sex with this Jean woman. In her mind, like this is ha- this is she can't see him. Has
0: got like a death stare on her. Yeah,
1: because Kitty can't see him any other way now. Like she, this has warped her perception of of this man. It's such a great shorthand, and you don't need to really dig any further than that. That's what the scene is telling you. Yeah, she can't see him as anything but this cheater. This guy, and and this other woman is kind of a monster. It's just great. It happened so quickly that I. Barely remembered it happened until I saw this gif pop up on the sixteen discourse. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a great moment in the movie. Yes, it was necessary. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. It is a, a, yeah you're
0: right. It is incredible visual and narrative shorthand for a lot of little things going on. And I enjoyed it again. Like, I'll, I'll I'll second it. I'll say it for the third time. Like, movie flows really well. Yeah. If you can see an IMAX, if you can see an 80 millimeter or 70 millimeter, whatever the fuck it is, the, as
1: big a format as you can,
0: the biggest format as possible is a fucking visual treat. I don't think an 8K TV can match. I, I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I think know. An 8K TV I, can match the sort I, of I image you see. I believe it. Uh, a fantastic movie, just like the beauty of it, the, the texture of people's skin. Um, it's really just visceral and uh, detailed in a way the dynamic range of the image is. The picture It's just so cool. Um, they had to make a special black and white film stock. Oh, sick. For, for the Flesh. For the IMAX format. Yeah, okay. like, so that's my number two. And I think, okay. like you, there's a lot of honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think, honestly, because we were talking about doing, like, we're just going to do threes and, like, honorable mentions. I don't have a lot of thirds. I know. I think the problem with a lot of me is, like, I, I, I can tell you what my favorite thing is. In uh, a certain category, I can tell you what my second, my first and second. Yeah, that's real easy. But that third one is like, I could tell you a lot of shit I think you should check out. Okay. But like, but like a some. third what, what, one, I mean, like what, I think
1: Infinity Pool. Okay. Uh, Still haven't seen it. I, I, I know it's a... Um it's, it's another movie with Mia Goth. I was gonna it, say, <laughs> her big T out. I was trying to think of a tactful way to say it, but yeah, you're right. It's a it's a oh Mia, god, it's another Goss. movie with Mia
0: Goth. Oh, oh boy, boy. Was okay. It produced by A24. Oh yeah, of course it was.
1: And apparently, it's got a real gross out factor to it, which is something I'm looking forward yeah. to. Because yeah, there's apparently a lot of.
0: <laughs> Imagine you get stuck on a desert island. The only thing you've got to pass the time before you die of uh, starvation and dehydration is just a foe of Mia Goth tits. I'd be so pissed.
1: Yeah, I would hate for that to happen hate to me. That, God, God damn, I was spending my whole life getting
0: away from these tits. I can't escape them; they're everywhere. Crack over the coconut. It's just a the it's a coconut. Looks- it's a still from X. <laughs> Other fucker, son of a bitch. They got me again.
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: uh, uh, <laughs> Infinity Pool is really cool. I think yeah. Barbie was fun. Across the Spire verse is a really great. Incomput it's a visual film. treat.
1: I will. I will give you that. It is a visual treat. And I, I, love... I, I
0: feel like we had a lot of movies this year that are like visually really like amazing, and yeah. maybe lackluster in other ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I really don't have a third. Okay. Um, That's I, have, I think there's a lot of movies worth checking out. But mm-hmm. I don't no, don't like. A no really strong third, a, a strong third. I have okay. strong for a strong first, strong second. But okay, what category you want to? Have That's next
1: fine. Year? I feel like uh, we could we could rush through uh, video games because I know we talk about a lot about video games on the show and yeah, um, a few of these. We're you free know, of women, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so I'm going to start with the one that I think is going to be a little contentious. I think you and I might have a little disagreement on this one. My number one. I
0: know what you're going to say. It's, it's
1: going to it. be Remnant Two. I know, you disagree, and I know why, because I've played it with you a couple times, and I get this sense about an hour and a half in, that you're like, yeah, I'm ready for this to be over. And I get it. It's I don't know what it does, but something about it hit for me, and it didn't for you, and that's going to happen. What I get from Remnant 2, which we discussed before, third person... Souls-like, it's kind of like somewhere
0: between Bloodborne and... Destiny Destiny. 2, yeah.
1: And that's, I think, what it does. It scratches that Destiny 2 itch that I've kind of been missing. Obtuse puzzle-solving. There's some some lore that you kind of have to spend a little time with in the world. I like the procedural generation. That's interesting to me. I can play the same section three different ways and get three different quests. You know what I mean? Like There's, sure. there's a lot of stuff to find, some great loot. But yeah, I, I certainly understand that it's not for everyone. It just hit for some reason... And that there's kind of a, a base camp Earth where everyone's just kind of hanging out and like waiting for the apocalypse. That always is an interesting thing. Well, it's like they're thing. waiting for the
0: apocalypse to now be over, it seems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. especially when you get towards the end of the, of the game and, and you unlock Root Earth, which is an alternate Earth where the root is taken over, and they're really just like, well, I haven't seen a storm like this in a while. Wonder when it's going to be over, and you kind of get this sense that, like, yeah, these people already survived the end of the world. They're just kind of waiting for the next part to come. So that grim thing is kind of cool. So that's my number one. Big fan of that joining anyone else's game in co-op is always a hoot for me because like i'm not that great at the game but if i've got someone else playing with me i feel like oh it's my time to shine my second's got to be hi-fi rush it was a late entry because i just got game pass and i blew through hi-fi rush because it's a hoot rhythm game devil may cry action spectacle fighter with some great music on the soundtrack oof what a game Gotta love that one. And, you know, it's Bethesda and Tango Gameworks. The last one they did that I really enjoyed was the very wonky Evil Within 2, (laughs) (laughs) which I finished and I enjoyed, but it definitely was a bit of a slog in the early game. Uh, But this, boy, if you think about like Sunset Overdrive, that old Xbox Mm -hmm. One game, traversal is interesting. There's interesting combat. There's a bit of a rhythm game involved. I'm thinking about Jet Set Radio. It brings a lot of different stuff from other games to the table and kind of makes it its own thing. Still a lot of fun. Great music. Love it. My number three, Armored Core 6, Fires the Rubicon. Gotta love it. I love Armored Core games. Haven't played one in so long. Armored Core 5 was PS3 era. So, yeah. you know, it's been a while. It's, it's like they never left. They learned a lot of the best lessons from 5 and took them to heart. Great replayability. You, it could, because in order to get all the story stuff, you do very much near Automata style. You do have to play it a couple times. Combat is fast and real loose, and you can kind of whip through stuff, and if you got enough gear, if you've got the right gear, you can kind of trivialize some of the later portions of the game, and that's fine, because you're supposed to feel a little overpowered, at least I think. But I enjoyed Fires of the Rubicon quite a bit, and it was such a breath of fresh air. haven't had a really good mech game probably since Deus Ex Machina, <clears throat> which was, you know, five, six years ago. So it's been a while.
0: Mech game?
1: Yeah, yeah. Mech combat. Oh, Mech Warrior, maybe, but I I never really liked Mech Warrior. Deus
0: Ex? Mechs?
1: It's called, sorry, Damon X Ex Machina. Excuse okay, me. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah, the name of the a game. A bomb? Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a pizza.
0: I can use that. Um,
1: I'll take the Gep Gun. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> God, I suck so bad at Deus Ex. Yeah, Damon X Machina. Sorry. Some of the same design team went to work on Armored Core 6, and it shows there's very much, there's a lot of that DNA in there. Yeah. Uh, if you get a chance to play that one, that was fun. But yeah, Armored Core 6, what a hoot. like that a lot. Brian, what about you? Not a lot of new games this year really pulled me in.
0: You know, just kind of starting off with some stuff. I thought that was really great. I think the Castlevania expansion for Dead Cells, Dead Cells yes. was uh, a ton of fun.
1: I still haven't played it,
0: but it's on my list. I it's got, good. Uh, I mean, yeah. Dead Cells all together is a great game, and they mm-hmm. just add so much to it over the last couple of years. It's it's phenomenal.
1: So, if you get the Dead Cells Castlevania, does that include a lot of the? Stuff they've added recently. Well, it's DLC. Oh, so you so have to okay. have the base game. So you have game. to have the base game. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's not like, like
0: it's the closest thing you're going to get to a new Castlevania content probably ever.
1: Bloodstained Ritual of the Night was about the last one we got.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night was not even like a real Cast. I mean, it was. It's not.
1: It's not in name, but it definitely is in spirit. It definitely. Sure. Had... Yes. Yeah, uh, so yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um,
0: Vampire Survivors. uh oh. Still having more content coming out. Still a lot of fun. I every once in a while I'll fire up and waste an hour or so and
1: such a such a great I love the Survivor style game I did get into those this year because I got yeah. there's another one it was about uh, necromancers I can't remember the name of it but uh, that one I just got I haven't yeah. played it very much but yeah that style is very arcadey and it takes yeah. me back to Gauntlet you know you can just play it forever
0: oh absolutely I just have PC and Xbox I don't have Switch I can't go and be like oh you know I got to play. Uh, the new Zelda, the one where where Zelda learns about uh Rico laws or something,
1: (laughs) you know. Oh, she'd be in trouble if that was the case, yeah. As far as what I got to
0: play, Mm -hmm. I think probably Resident Evil 4 remake, yeah. I don't even know if it's really my favorite, it's just like it's just the most well done thing I played, okay. I think 4 really didn't need to be reiterated on because it was such a great game beforehand for the most part every improvement or everything they changed has been a pretty good improvement. The thing in the remake is it really slogs down in the castle. Whereas I think it takes until you get to the Island in the original for it to really become a slog. Huh? It's a little weird. Like the castle, yeah. the, I get fatigued in the castle. I can huh. run through that game up until I'm about halfway through the castle area. And I'm just like, man, this is really getting a little long in the tooth.
1: And that is one of those ones where you kind of do have to replay it in order to kind of, get the full experience right
0: but the the graphics the general vibe like the economy the 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 core gameplay is just as tight as it's ever been you got you got knife parries you can that
1: was the one thing i thought was an interesting addition yeah knife parries. yeah
0: like the, the the play the vibe of it's really great i think it's worth playing the separate ways dlc really takes everything that's fun about the main game and kind of builds upon it gives you some different mechanics with uh, Ada's character uh, she's she plays a little bit differently and she's got some cool skills you can unlock if you have certain little trinkets and things like that uh I think that like overall probably like the most fun I had was something new to me mm-hmm. you know something new to me that came out this year I'd say probably second would be armored core six mm-hmm just really scratched that psx like very early 3d game itch for me yeah where like they give you just enough story to let your imagination fill in the blanks some of the missions are, are kind of painfully archaic and, and, and binary <laughs> in how they handle some things in a way that's like really fucking annoying but then like you find a way to cheese around it and you're like I think it's also what makes it fun is it's a game that also has some design elements where, like, you can learn the cheese around them, and I think it's almost they left them in there for people that were clever enough. Games I wish I would have liked, um, uh, Atomic Heart.
1: Yeah, you were saying that when we first talked about it on the show, that it, it had potential but it just didn't live up to it, huh?
0: Yeah, it, it looks really pretty, it's a gorgeous game, but it has some gameplay loop stuff that's just fucking miserable, and I... It's a game that you, like, the world that it creates is very interesting, but it doesn't always stick with its narrative. Not everything has the same level of gloss. Mm. The whole, like, everyone's Russian, but your main character is, sounds like just like some dude from, like, Omaha. <laughs> kind of really is fucking grating. Yeah. It reminds me of everyone being British in Chernobyl.
1: Oh, yeah. In
0: the HBO series. Yeah. I might finish it one day, but I'm not like uh, not in a rush to do it. Yeah. Not in a rush. It has again, like this has some really bad gameplay loop ideas, particularly with enemies that keep being rebuilt. Mm. And you, yeah, it just it just fucking sucks. Like yeah. some stuff, like exploring, just like really simple areas would take like a half hour, just because by the time you like start like jumping to where you need to jump, like okay, now I got to deal with these fucking saw monsters again. And that I wish I was a lot better. A um, Remnant two, I'm going to give my commentary on, and which is. I see what you like about it. Well, right. I'm like playing with you, and like things are flowing. Yeah, like it's a lot of fun. Like when like you're getting Sherpa, and yeah, because I think a really, 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 really big problem with their fucking procedural generation little seeds or kernels or whatever you want to call them, yeah, is that sometimes they really fucking shit the bed. Yeah, and make things way too fucking obtuse. So when you joined to help me with, like, the, I'm just calling it the Vex map.
1: Yeah, because that's what it is. It's, it's a Destiny so, 2 map, yeah.
0: Like, that room that has, like, the spot where you're supposed to put the, the quest item and it takes you to the final boss. So, that, that world stone right there, uh-huh. nothing ever showed me on the map because you're just always coming in at the same direction that there was a path behind me. Oh, so I wasted like three hours on that fucking map. Oh boy. Yeah. See, see like, that's what like, like this game, like I said, that game does not value your time. And I find that really insulting and really frustrating.
1: I can definitely see that. Being that's what like my a, yeah. main
0: gripe with it is that like, if I'm playing by myself, I feel like I'm just really fucking spinning my wheels. Like I'm playing with you. Okay. Like we're figuring it out, but like, I mean, there's just also things like hopping through a portal at the same time. One of us is going to die. You
1: yeah, know? that fucked me up. I could not deal with that because I'm like, every time I did this when I was playing solo and then I went, oh, it's because I'm not playing solo. There's some of that shit where it's like, there's, there's some really necessary that really yeah.
0: sucks shit. And it really, you know what? It feels like a really ambitious Dreamcast game.
1: I can see that. Yeah. I can see what you're but saying. But
0: it's, there. you know, it's 20 years later. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some story stuff that's really interesting. I... I I appreciate that they're trying to punch above their weight. Definitely. As far as like what people are expecting from like a, a double A game. Yeah. I do appreciate that yeah, I can me and you can both play the same world and have very different experiences as far as like what quests and what things you get to see or do or what characters you meet. It's just some of the stuff in between is fucking piss.
1: Yeah. A few things that I just I, I had fun with, but I didn't really play to the end or anything like that. Uh Pizza Tower. A a great platformer.
0: Yeah, I've heard good things about that.
1: Very, very cool, old-school platformer with some nice hand-drawn graphics. Gotta love that. Uh, Typecast, a a local company called Gutter Arcade, put this out. It is a bullet-hell typing game. (laughs) Also, that's kind of a survivor's, kind of a vampire survivor's type of deal. Super cheap, real fun. The gameplay loop is extremely addictive. Kind of love that one. Anything that makes me use my keyboard for anything other than Wazid is always interesting because your your whole left hand has got to cover the that big quadrant of the keyboard for different... Because each enemy has a letter on them, mm-hmm. and so if you hit the button once, it hits all the enemies with that letter on them, only within your field of vision, which is this, represented by a big circle. And then you're in the middle, so if you get hit... Your your crystal cracks and that's your health, right? So if your crystal cracks three times in a normal mode, you die, and you got to start the loop over. It's fun. It's addictive. It's really short, really small game, by a little scrappy little company. Got to love those. And then the last uh, honorable mention I got to have is World of Horror. If you ever wanted to play a point and click adventure game styled after Junji Ito's comics.
0: I've heard about this. I, I, is that still technically like in the development? I believe something?
1: it is in early access, yes. But the version I played has a majority of the quests available. It got it on Steam at a discount over the holiday. Just starting it, but boy, just visually everything clicks. It's got this really lo-fi, almost like an early Mac game yeah. <laughs> feel to it. The art's great. I love the the concept that you're kind of... You're playing these individual stories, almost like chapters in a manga, over and over again, trying to get the best result. Great stuff. Got a lot. The world of horror. Big fan. All right. So what do we want to do now? TV or albums? Music. Albums. Okay. Brian, why don't you start us off then? Number one. Number one. Jeez. This is a
0: really tough one. It's really up between uh Jeff Rosenstock's Hell Mode and JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown's uh, Scare in the Hose, Volume
1: 1. Okay. I found that one really abrasive. I couldn't... You didn't like... I didn't catch the, the vibe.
0: You didn't like scaring the hoes? I must have
1: been the hoes that were scared. <laughs> yeah.
0: Were you asking yeah. where to auto-tune at?
1: <laughs> no, not necessarily. I mean, I I like Danny Brown having his own natural voice and not being tuned to hell. So I'm good with that. It's just for some reason, it didn't catch me. I'm sure if I listen again, it'll... it'll click, oh, I mean, but... like
0: from the first listen, I was like, oh, this is... This is this generation of hip-hop's like mad villainy. Okay. I think there's just such amazing creativity... And it really just feels like two dudes just trying to fucking gas each other
1: up, like just make each other like laugh. But just in that in that way that it's just two talented people trying to play off each other.
0: The beats are really uh, impressive. The, where JPEG was uh, getting some of his uh, samples from really creative. One song is just like a fucking basically a loop of like a Detroit like gospel song from the 80s. And then the, all the lyrics are all, all Danny Brown's verses are innuendos about like fucking and sucking. <laughs> well, I'm gonna it, gonna dick you down like the twelve disciples. Hell yeah! It's off the song. God loves you. <laughs> that pussy on my face. I'm a talking tongues. <laughs> Legs in the air, screaming hallelujah. Make her squirt that holy water. <laughs> Drinking down wine, but no communion. <laughs> Only my dick, she is consuming. On her knees, said, "Oh my God, pull the camera out. Let's make a movie. Pussy wet like Noah's Ark. Oh God, go ahead, girl. Just bless me. <laughs> if you on that, if you on your period, call me Moses. Oh, because I'm about to split that Red Sea.
1: Yeah, oh, give me boy. that
0: head like you're breaking bread. I'm about to fuck you like the twelve disciples. <laughs> Hold my balls until we get across. Uh, Flex on your back, but I know you like that." her with my dick like David and Goliath <laughs> take your thong off flick it at me like a slingshot might give her cock on a mountaintop drop drop then again it don't stop we like Adam and Eve but I'm gonna eat that apple bottom taking in the grass going shake that ass like Keith sweat I'm gonna make it last wanna eat that pussy I broke my fast just um I mean there's and that's not even probably the best verse. They're the best part that anyone has on that record. Wow. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking great.
1: I got to go back and listen to it now it's then. Yeah. It's fucking, yeah. it, it, it's
0: amazing. It's a shame that apparently Danny Brown was absolutely off his fucking nut the parallel no. time. Like he said, like Danny Brown's now sober. He's gone to rehab since this record's come out. But he's gone on an interview, the comment that like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm really, I feel really bad. I was so fucked up making this record. I know I was probably a huge pain in the ass, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I feel bad that he may not want to make a second one. Yeah, like, like that. Peggy is for I hate to say it, but for all of whatever suffering that he was going through, he happened to make a really great record. And JPEG Mafia, all of his like. Front to back, I think it's just a great record, and like I listened to it all fucking year. Like I did the first time I was introduced to Madville, and like, oh, this is just a record I am gonna listen to like every other day for the next eight months. Okay, cool, I've I've got this figured (laughs) out. I
1: got this on, yeah, I got this figured out.
0: Uh, Hell mode by Jeff Rosenstock. Mm, I think, mm, mm. I think for a lot of people that I think actually have music opinions worth listening to, this is like their top one or two. And they're right. They are absolutely positively <laughs> right. Uh, you know, the fucking ultimate DIY guy goes and records in a famous music studio, uses echo chambers used for like pet sounds and shit, and like makes like the quintessential like pop punk record for dudes that like aren't creeps on Warp Tour.
1: Yeah, I can't say enough good things about Hell Mode. I've I've been evangelizing about this record. I'm really excited that he's coming back to town. Uh, cause last time he got he canceled because he got sick. Hoping that doesn't happen again. Knock on wood. But you know, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> times, it's just times times a- being what they are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but man, what a fucking solid record! I don't think I've heard one of these this good from him since Worry.
0: Yeah, been a while. It's been a long, long while. It's it's a phenomenal record. Sounds great. He really kind of just flexes
1: from top to bottom. I mean, really. It, there's a few songs where I'm like, oh, okay, he's kind of revisiting a theme from like Post or something, yeah. you know, or, or he's doing a another riff on something that he did on Not a Dream or or one of those things. But it's still, God, it's even though it's his what fifth studio album just solo, it feels so goddamn fresh. I don't know what it is about it. I, I think it is this kind of he's sprawling out a bit and and letting himself. Do things that maybe he couldn't do in the b- bomb music industry or he couldn't do in Arrogant Bastards or w- whatever it was yeah, that yeah. he was doing. It's like he just decided, I'm, you know what? Fuck it. I'm doing whatever I want. He he really, it
0: really felt like he just, I'm just going to fucking make this damn record and uh, it's great. Front to back, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, hopefully he, uh, he actually plays St. Louis this time and doesn't get sick. I'm not gonna be there because Arm and Hammer is the same day here in St. Louis. That's a and that's Armin, a tough split. Yeah, you gotta choose yeah, Ar- one other. Like, like there's no fucking way those Arm and Hammers ever come. Jeff is going to come back to St. Louis because we're we'll fucking we'll eat that shit up all day. Yeah, because like cause fucking indie hip hop. Like yeah, I've seen like Buck Sixty Five perform like 50 people here. So like uh, yeah, you know that's um, so rough, dude. Like I, it's, it's really rough. Like seeing like your your fucking heroes come to St. Louis like play like three people and then they go to Chicago and like sell out Lincoln Hall mm. like next day and you're like fuck man we kind of suck don't we
1: <laughs> you do you do get that impression yeah for kinda. sure like
0: there was also time in St. Louis that felt like no one gave a shit about what you're doing unless there was burlesque yeah or like if you were like a rockabilly dude that also thought burlesque was cool like yeah my girlfriend kind of looks like Betty Page if uh if uh, you squint she, really hard yeah. squint really hard <laughs> hard I was gonna say she had hard living don't ignore her lazy
1: eye. <laughs> if she puts the gimp leg behind her and she Yeah, know.
0: if uh ignore, ignore the stoma.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hell mode uh what what else you got Uh number
0: boss? 3, you know, I'm going to say uh MS Paint Post American. Uh, uh-huh. I think that that I No, it's, it's a solid record. It's, it's a solid fucking record. I I think I hate to say that some of the songs that they re-record with the fellow from Military Gun. I don't think are as interesting as the mixes from the the original EP that came out a couple of years ago. They
1: are definitely weaker if you can compare the two, for sure. But if it's your first time hearing Ms Paint, you're not going to know the difference.
0: I th- think the the newer songs are pretty fucking amazing. There's only like one or two tracks on there that are like, eh. but everything else is fucking top notch. I gave that record quite a few spins this it year. It goes hard, baby. It's fucking great. I don't know. It feels like they're getting a little big for their bridges, So I don't think they're coming through St. Louis for a while. They're Maybe like, not. They're like, no, we're a Chicago band now. Uh yes. Chicago and Madison. If we're gonna play the old Mid-West, yeah, the, the big big boys from Mississippi. <laughs>
1: right. Well, you know what I thought of when I was listening to uh, 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 that record was I was thinking about. the 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 90s industrial scene oh yeah and and how there was uh pop will eat itself that was was trying to remember the name of the band pop will eat itself i kept coming back to that as like a touchstone for their stuff i don't know not necessarily with anything that they actually sound like but there's this like anarchic attitude that's infectious through the whole record yeah Uh, it's an attitude that i think a lot of rock bands even like even what you consider like your classic you know alternative or whatever they're missing. I think a lot of alternative bands have kind of gotten softer, and they're a little bit more cautious about being aggressive. Yeah, and I think them paint because, like, fuck that.
0: <laughs> I feel like I feel like those guys are just like doing whatever they want. Yeah, and thankfully they're not like fucking weirdo like amateur magicians or something. Right.
1: It feels good to hear someone not constrained to a genre or a scene which is or an
0: idea or like whether or not this shit's cool yeah because like dude performs in a a pair of pants where (laughs) one leg is cut like a pair of shorts so i like it's like one of those things like oh man i saw that like oh yeah this dude does not give a fuck he's not giving (laughs) shit
1: it's great yeah Uh, yeah
0: no they're they're a great live band i feel lucky i got to see them twice this year even if the second time came at some real personal peril for reasons that make me not want to live in <laughs> st louis anymore yeah
1: no the less said about that the better though. sure yeah, sure yeah. but uh
0: but yeah what a great little record that kind yeah. of came out of nowhere
1: well you'll to see the scrappy guys do, doing something good you know what i mean
0: yeah and uh, my honorable mentions mm-hmm. are uh new blockhead beat record is really great uh mm-hmm. probably the best billy woods feature uh of the year
1: yeah, I'm surprised any of the other Billy Wood stuff isn't isn't on your list as of yet. I, I, I don't have the whole I, I list think, in front of me. You but. know
0: what, man? I, I just don't think MAPS is that good. I don't yeah. think Billy Woods is like a guy that like... I think when he's kind of poking at his own ups and downs in life or ups and downs of like being fucking broke as shit. Mm-hmm. And like I think... I don't know if he's like. It feels like he's done the the hip hop version of like on the road again, <laughs> which just doesn't. It's just fine. I'm glad that I have found other people on the internet that feel the same way. Where it's like, well, like you know, Ethiopia's this previous record was so fucking good that it, it didn't get half the fucking praise this record got. Yeah, and it feels like some of this dick writing that I'm seeing, where I'm seeing the new Arm and Hammer, which feels like doing long division. I'm really <laughs> sorry.
1: I get it, though. I understand. Like, and it's
0: weird because like they came out with a record that feels like you're doing fucking math. Or there's going to be a quiz at the end. Mm-hmm. And Aesop Rock comes out with his probably most accessible record in, what, 20 years? Oh,
1: he yeah, had such a fun album. It's so I fucking it.
0: weird. Like, okay, you guys came out with a record that feels like really dense. When I'm in the mood for it, and I can like give it the right amount of attention. It's a fun record. I'm not saying it's a bad record. I'm not saying uh, We Still Die Back Test Strips is a bad record. But um, there's a feeling, there's a vibe there's, that's there's, missing. There's some, yeah. there's something there that feels a little bit more at odds with, like, the listener.
1: Is it confrontational, though?
0: There's the word, yes, confrontational, I think. It's a little bit more... There's something going on there.
1: The fuck the fans syndrome, they're good. I, I wouldn't even say that.
0: Like, I only think it's that the fans, I think it's just kind of like... That's just, like, the feeling. It's a kind of yeah. a confrontational record. It's kind of like... Uh, I'm kind of tired of this shit, but I don't feel like... Mm. I mean, like, Shrine's... My previous record of theirs came out in like 2020 is similar, but I felt like that record had some variety to it. And I think it's maybe okay. the thing the Diabetic Test Trips kind of hits me is like these songs kind of all feel the same.
1: Which is the last thing you want on a on a record like that, yeah.
0: I think there's some cool parts, but I also felt the same way about Billy Woods's, uh Church or Churches. I forget the record he came out with after uh Ethiopia's. I, how I described it to my brother is like, yeah, I listened to it a couple times while working. I think there's some parts of that record that are really fucking cool, but I was not looking at my phone. I was not stopping to see what song that was. And I do not want I do not like everything else enough to Mm -hmm. sit down there and what's what's the three songs I like on this record. Because that means I gotta sit through a bunch of songs I thought were just okay. And I kind of been used to that from Billy Woods is like comes out with a really great record, comes out with a really okay record, comes out with a phenomenal record, comes out with a a okay record. (laughs) Yeah. And it was the first time I think He's ever come out with two AK, okay records in a row.
1: So your expectations are a little higher, maybe.
0: Yeah, and, and, and gosh, I feel like I'm talking shit here. But the thing is, like, no, I mean, Billy Woods is like okay record. is probably better than anything Jack Harlow is ever going to come out with. Fair enough. Yeah, you know, like
1: <laughs> it's just that, like, he's. We're probably, talking batting average here. We're not talking about quality of work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's
0: just. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I was just, like really disappointed with Maps. I it just didn't really grab me. No, I get it. I, I had but a few go, of those you go this listen year too. The, Ethiopia's, I'm not even sure if I say, I'm i saying that word right, but who fucking cares, yep. i white. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything, and I get through life just fine. Yeah, we've uh, managed somehow. Somehow, it's, geez, it must be all of this <laughs> luck. That's it. But that record has some themes to it, has some really amazing beats, the lyricism on there, probably one of the best despot fucking verses I've ever heard. Some, it's one of those records also that has like a bunch of features on it and I usually think a bunch of features on a hip hop record usually means it sucks as I was gonna say yeah usually, it usually it's not it usually means good. like oh this sucks and you're never going to in the songs that don't suck you're never going to see live because you're never going to get like these three dudes that hate each other <laughs> to be in the same <laughs> room together again Uh yeah. you know, like shit like that but like yeah. oh wow all of these features just kind of add more like to this bit of like mythology that's contained mm-hmm. inside of this record and like there's Set record that like now like reading more interviews with billy woods and stuff like that it's like speaks so like his childhood or growing up in uh like western africa where like his dad was like a as like 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 started a coup i, I forget Hell the yeah. details all right and like his dad was like a revolutionary communist or something like that and his like mom was like a teacher who was like a poet or a writer and like like he has this really amazing background and this record kind of speaks to that, but also kind of like, yeah, I had this really amazing background, but like life still kind of sucks because like the world kind of sucks. And, yeah. uh, um, I can relate to that. I, like, yeah. I think that's a very relatable thing to be like, yeah, I like all this cool stuff happened, but like, so what? Yeah. You know, like I have, like, I thought like this disposed dictator was my neighbor growing up because yeah. like, he had like an odd made gate and like cameras and a bodyguard.
1: Yeah. What about you? I also put Jeff Rosenstock's Hell Mode in my top three, definitely up there. Love Jeff. He did so much work on Not a Dream, and then he did the Ska version of Not a Dream. Which is surprisingly good. Very good. He doesn't miss. Even when he puts out, I don't know, um, a live version of Post, it still it hits more than it misses. and uh, Boy, Hell Mode hits pretty much. I mean, if we're talking about hit percentage, he's batting a thousand right now. Uh, yeah, just, just killing it. I don't think I've heard a better record from him in a long time. Yep. I don't think I've heard a better record from anyone that was in third wave ska bands in a very long time.
0: Uh, anyone who's been around for a minute that came out with a record this year, I think he probably did the best. Like yep. anyone who's been around for a minute, like yeah, I think the the screaming females record, which unfortunately mm-hmm. is now their it's last right. record. I think like that was really good, but yeah, like Hell Mode really fucking.
1: He's operating on a different level. And that's just all that, that's all I'm gonna say on that matter. Because yeah, I, I like the screaming females album, but didn't even make my honorable mention. So that tells you just the quality of stuff that I'm enjoying. Another this year.
0: band that canceled their show right before they played St. Louis. Yeah, They canceled. They canceled I think the day of or the day before. We were all. Crossing our fingers, like, oh man, hopefully they'll like reschedule like Jeff Rosenstock. Then, then like they fucking broke up, and they're like, fuck.
1: Well, it's a damn shame. I I really hope Melissa picks up because to me, she's the star of the group. Uh, shreds like a motherfucker. Oh yeah, okay. and the voice just insane. Gotta give her all the props in the world for just doing it for so long in an industry that is not friendly to women in general. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of, though, uh, an industry that's not familiar, or that's not uh, friendly to women in general, uh, the band Wednesday yeah. uh, has one of my top slots here. The album is called Rat Saw God. Just blew me away. There's a great introductory track, and then there's this eight-minute sprawling indie rock shoegaze epic, and it just continues in that same vein. It's It's a record that just kind of takes its time and... Does whatever it wants to do. Uh, I feel like this is a young band giving everything they got on a record, and there's just a there's an energy and a youthfulness that just is in every ounce of it. There's records that came out this year by industry vets that have been around forever that it doesn't that don't have half of the heart and soul. And again, this is a band I'd never heard of until this year, and I'm giving them a top slot because. It just kicked my ass when I first heard it. I was just like, okay, this is doing things I didn't think that like an indie rock record would go for. Sure. They're, they're pulling in all these influences. Uh, obviously, Kevin Shields is way up there. There's a lot of guitar noise and these sounds that they kind of pulled in from the ether almost. They got a destination, but they're going to take you on a journey to get there. What a record. Uh, and then I got to give it up for 100 gex, 10,000 gex. I think this is probably their best record. Oh, easily. For the same reason, because they have stopped giving a shit, and they're going to make whatever fucking record they want to make, and if that means in the first track they're going to throw in the TXX sound and then start doing a fucking uh, Papa Roach riff... They're going to do it. They're going to do a ska song about frogs. They're going to fucking just throw everything at the wall. They do, they do a uh, like a a new metal track and anything and everything that they think is fun or funny, they're just throwing it all in there. There's this kind of grab bag pastiche thing happening. They do an entire track that's just like text to speech voices saying 1 million dollars. <laughs> like, you know, double birds in the air. They're just doing whatever. It's it's really I enjoyed it uh, because just because it's like there's no energy that matches it.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. to, honestly, they hear a band from St. Louis, right? That isn't every other second going like, "What well, I'm doing is cool, right?" Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's some
1: like they don't care if what they're doing is cool. They think it's funny, and fuck you if you don't.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but that's just like the thing. Like I've, I've like telling my girlfriend, like, "Yeah, this is a really great band, but it feels like they're always like, looking over your shoulder, like this is cool, right? Like we're, yeah. we're we're in a cool band, and it's like, yeah, shut the fuck up and play the song.
1: This is the record where they did that <laughs> this is the one where they went
0: ah yeah well ready. i don't think I, I hate to say it but uh as someone who spent a lot of time in st louis i never saw them around which makes sense because it is the it is extremely online sounding it's it, like you want to read yeah it feels like if you gave like the ooze from the terminate the teenage mutant ninja <laughs> turtle movies to like a tumblr where someone could not have been more wrong, but more angry and feeling more right about their positions. And then you find out it's like an 18 year old who like has like a gas ragnet tech too. Like, all right. and white and white girl dreadlocks. And yeah. you're like, Oh, this is the record that would come out of it. Like, just like, wow, yeah. you don't even care if you're wrong. No. How so stunning and bold. Yeah. <laughs> like, Kinda. <it's> kind, of, <laughs> Kinda. kind of. It's kind of, kind of the hundred gex vibe is like, I don't care if you think that this ship is problematic Right. Here's my 1400 words <laughs> explaining why yes. Gilgamesh would totally uh, dick down buttercup.
1: Right. And then the next post is like misspelling the phrase, can I have a cheeseburger? And then that's that's yeah. the whole vibe. It's like it's anarchy. There's no- <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's 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 absolutely a, a slavish devotion to like a, a very online aesthetic. There's a lot of things that really feel like poses like okay yeah we're doing a, a riff on a Blink-182 song. <laughs> yeah that was pretty good. <laughs> but it's a good song despite that. So it's like well fuck okay uh because I, I had to really rethink my assumptions a lot when I was listening to that.
0: I just feel there's a lot of like post like recession like horseshoe theory in this record yeah like there's a lot of shit that's so fucking cringe that it comes back around it loops back Ash. around yeah yeah yeah
1: it really does i mean it's, it's the entire fucking ska song about the frog on the floor but i'm like well yeah but their last record had a, a ska song about a horse so you know yeah no, it, it's real
0: it's real monkey fucking cheese for chicks that have septum
1: piercings and yet it's it also a good record yeah, all, yeah like, somehow I, I, yeah no i'm like
0: i i could like I, I i'm talking shit on this record with my full fucking chest and all sometimes i'm like eh, it's still freak i whips ass right because it's, it's like, it's, cause like, it's, like it's, both. It's, it's both it's both it's
1: both <laughs> yeah i realize exactly how fucking cringe it is and my kids 13 year olds both of them have said to me can you not play this album again <laughs> And I said, and then I just cranked up uh, yeah, "Dumbest they, 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 Girl Alive." They, they, like no, like when your dad,
0: when your when your dad would play like fucking Rush or something. Yeah, yeah. Can we listen to
1: something that has songs that are eight minutes
0: long? Yeah, exactly. All you can just hear is your dad cracking a beer in the darkness of the car. Yep, <laughs>
1: reaching down on the passenger seat for that that, that twelve. So yep, Honorable be- Bunchin's got to go to the armed. Probably one of the most interesting. Uh, genre shifts i've seen in a band in a while the armed kind of are doing something new but at the same time they they feel just like their old songs but it's just it it's like they really liked a bunch of 70s psychedelic albums and said you know what we can do that but do it our way so that armed is called the uh, perfect saviors enjoyed that one quite a bit poppy's new record zig which is still relatively new yeah. but i gotta give it up for her because she's still doing Something. Something interesting. Weird,
0: weird metal music that you expect to hear in a like salon where you're going to pay way too much money
1: for a beard trimming. Exactly, yes. Yeah. And yet yeah, at the same time, fucking slaps. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Kayflay, her album Mono. I heard that's good. Oh, boy. there's. I mean, there's a few like really, really pop tracks on it, but it's mostly a record about she woke up one day and she couldn't hear out of one ear. It's personal, but it's also got some hooks. It's, it's dope as fuck. The only reason it's an honorable mention is because it sags in the middle half. You know, like the middle and then the back half. just there's, It drops off a cliff after maybe the sixth track on it, which is sad because there's maybe four or five tracks left. But still, that first half, Raw Raw, and a couple other ones are just like dynamite, little daggers in your brain. But, uh, yeah, got to give it up for K-Flay TV. Brian, why don't you hit me with your uh, number one? Uh, what would you
0: think? I'm going to say the final season of Succession.
1: Okay. Intense
0: and vulgar and weird and upsetting and funny. Mm -hmm. No one is happy at the end, (laughs) which is maybe my favorite kind of story. Uh, The guy who who technically wins is not even happy.
1: You'd love to see it.
0: They made some really bold choices. I wish that the season were a couple episodes longer. I think there's some stuff that could have been stretched out and massaged a little bit more. But I think for the arc that they were going for i think they pretty much nailed it i mean the the, the performances are amazing
1: and have been from from the beginning from what i understand. Yeah, I like they're very consistent in that
0: from the first season there there were so many little bits of character stuff that was fucking just out there and uh
1: cuz that's all i've really seen is is like a good chunk of the first season so what, i was what what excited fuck, to hear what that it
0: the fuck it does tom say to the to the cousin at the at the party at the dinner party, are you trying to fuck me? <laughs> yeah, some shit like that. Where it's just like, what the hell? Oh, are you trying to fuck me, pig man? I think it's something <laughs> along those lines. Oh, that feels so good. Yeah, yeah, there's just so many great bits of that whole entire show, and I think it ended incredibly strong. Even if I do think it could have benefited for. An episode to massage episodes. Yeah. out some themes and stuff because it definitely feels like it moves a little too quick near the back half.
1: Kind of like they knew they had an end and they were trying to either race towards it or yeah, that 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 is definitely final seasonitis that happens on a lot of shows. Yeah,
0: I think the other one I have is The Last of Us, even though I know um, now The Last of Us is incredibly problematic. Because now the uh, the second season is based off of <sighs> uh, the main scenario creators uh, interpretation of the uh, conflict in uh, between Palestine and Israel. Mm, yeah, not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like one of those things where, like, I think it's a really, I think the Last of Us Two has a really great story, but the baggage behind that is, uh, yeah,
1: we're gonna see a lot of think pieces coming up oh, to twenty twenty five when that comes out. Yeah, actually, the WLF were right to do what they did. <laughs> Without that cultural baggage, though, Last of Us really stands tall, baby. Pedro Pascal, boy, what a fucking performance! God damn.
0: It's funny because I think he is like the. I think it might be one of his most bland performances.
1: It's understated, sure, but I don't sure, know. Sure, I don't know. It just, it just, uh, I forget that it's him, which I think is a strength. Uh, if, if you, you know what I mean? Like he's compare that to something like I don't know, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, where he's got this kind of Donald Trump thing, yeah, and he's so you kind of get an idea of his range. And he's playing, he's playing subdued. He's playing Troy Baker. He's playing, you know, kind of this, yeah. And I think for him, that works. And I think the supporting cast does a lot of heavy lifting. You know, Anya Torv from uh, Fringe there does is uh, t- uh, Tess in the opening bit yeah. there. You gotta love fucking Nick Nick Fuentes. No, 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 God not damn it. Nick Nick I was hoping I could get, I could get you. But, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. No, uh, Nick Offerman. Oh, Jeez. yeah. Nick Offerman. <laughs> what about Nick Nick <laughs> it'd be a very different scene, <laughs> I think. Yeah, it'd be a very different uh, different show. But, uh, boy, uh, Nick Offerman in, the, in those middle episode there as Bill, just a, a heartbreaker.
0: Yeah, you know? just a standalone episode that just absolutely fucking. <sighs> complete complete difference from the uh, the game and I think it's better for it. I
1: hope that when the second season comes around that there can be a little bit more of stuff like that or where we have something that you might be familiar with but maybe we explore it in a different way cuz we you know we we met Bill in the first game and we we got implications and innu- innuendos and you know all that stuff about him and his relationship with Frank and all that, but the way the show explored it was so much better and deeper, and it hit a lot harder. Yes, and and, oh, boy. I can't think of a better hour of television this year. Really, honestly. There was
0: a couple episodes that I think they kind of missed the the landing a little bit, but overall still very good. Right. Um, I think the flashback episode with Ellie and her friend. Mm -hmm some of that just didn't hit as well as the original story
1: I agree that there were some weak points in it but at the same time I liked seeing it in there if they sure. hadn't included it I feel like oh I totally agree i think it's there'd only be innuendo or there'd only be this uh, I, I vagueness
0: think I think it's an important part of the narrative I only want to say that they did a bad job bad job with that story with that part of the of the of the narrative but I don't know. Like I, I think I watched it twice, and I still think it's a really great episode. But something just didn't click like the others. Like I think it is probably the episode that they had the most weighing on. Yeah. As far as like the wired narrative, and I don't think they hit as much as they did. Like, like the episode with like the creepy cult guy.
1: But at the same time, though, like boy. W- well done you know what i mean like yeah. e- even with those weak spots those blind spots or, or whatever you want to call them i'd still the say makeup
0: that, the practical makeup really great oh, great and stuff. and some of the special effects were phenomenal
1: oh yeah and this uh, this new thing where this is introduced just for the show where like the the clickers can kind of sense you through the earth mycelium style yeah they're interesting concepts that kind of build on what oh, the yeah. games had. I mean, and
0: Some of the, the changes they made for like the Cordyceps infection, and how it works, I think actually narratively are very cool.
1: Yeah, it definitely yeah. solved a lot of problems that the games brought up for me. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, this smooths that over a bit and it's, it's much yeah. more satisfying.
0: They did a really great job with um, the set design. Oh, yeah. Bella Ramsey is mm-hmm. fantastic. Finding a way to be a lot like... Ashley, who played Ellie in the video games, but also doing her own thing.
1: It's a tightrope, and she did it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, Being true to the original character, Mm -hmm. but also doing your own thing. Yeah. I think that's really a really tough thing to do. And she, they, I think they go by they, them. Oh, yeah. And they killed it. I do get some humor in that some of Bella's line reads, you can hear their like Scottish accents. (laughs) Like, I think they're trying to, like, and it kind of just sounds like a, a kid from. You know, the South that has like a, you know, like a speech impediment. But like, it yeah. still sounds like a
1: Scottish yeah, person. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like still, What's his face and Reservoir Dogs? And um, Tim Roth. T- Tim Roth. Yeah. It, it, he, he slips he, in there. Like, yeah. Particularly when he's screaming and yeah. stuff. And, and it's <laughs> funny because otherwise his accent is really great. But that's also part of what makes his performance so interesting. Is it like, why is he sound? He must be really in pain because he sounds like he has a British accent.
1: Yeah, I can tell you if I was shot in the gut, I might sound like, you know, <laughs> Italian or something. I don't know. And uh, number two, what what is in your number three slot? Same kind of thing. It's hard to, it's right- hard to uh, do. There, it, was, yeah.
0: there weren't a lot of like, the ones and twos were real easy, but the threes were tough. I, maybe Righteous Gemstones.
1: Okay. Solid season. Great, a solid great season. stuff. I do like the, the narrative <laughs> that the narrative winds up uh, with a literal swarm of locusts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think going heavy handed and literal in a, in a show that's mostly about dicking around, uh, (laughs) definitely, definitely. You
0: threw Jesus. (laughs) It was a cry, man.
1: (laughs) Right. So, so to have that moment of like extremely heavy drama dropped on you, I think actually works in its favor. Uh, Steve Zahn shows up in it and he kills it.
0: Yeah, no, Suzanne's great. What the Uh... hell? I mean, like, like there's always like really solid performances, uh, Baby Billy. Oh, man. He's like, it takes a I'm, while. I'm really more like your daddy. <laughs> I'm more like I raised you. Like, no, you didn't. You didn't do anything like that. Like, oh, come on. I'm really <laughs> like a parent
1: to you. And, and the fact that it takes a while to get him back on the show is it's very much poochy. I'm where is, where is baby Billy? Where is, where is baby Billy? Billy? <laughs> Everyone's asking, where is baby Billy? Yeah, I was, I was at first two episodes. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And then when he shows up and he's doing a song and dance routine at a fucking resort and he's miserable. <laughs> like, yeah, this oh, kind of guy,
0: he has everything he wants really.
1: But he hates it. Yeah. yeah it's just, like, it, it's but, perfect for him. I think that's, but, I mean, <laughs> I feel
0: like that's kind of, on the comedic side, like the kind of character that Walter Groggins oh. plays well is like the miserable bastard the put upon man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like so much his character and uh, vice principles. Yes. Which, absolutely. God, that I, what I a need gem to, my girlfriend a to watch that. Yeah. I,
1: what a, what a gem. Well,
0: uh, they only needed two seasons.
1: Yeah. In and out. Got, got it done. Uh, Cause I honestly, I don't think it, I don't think they could have stretched the premise any more than they did. No, they, it, they, god what fucking
0: they they took it as far as they could fucking make him full quad gamby
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you really buy that him and danny mcbride have this relationship because you see it again in gemstones you're like yeah this is this is how they are
0: what a great show i I feel like they this was a season where i think they're trying to get you to feel a little too much empathy for these characters they're kind of obviously awful
1: yeah, they're all pieces of shit. I mean, like no question.
0: But uh, it's like no, let le- like maybe maybe ultra religious evangelical rich people are terrible. <laughs> like yeah. we don't really need to feel really sorry for them that no. often.
1: No the big joy for me of the show comes in seeing these people get what I think is their just desserts. So yes, I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> I just,
0: you know, just some amazing line
1: reads. Carl's not dead. Yeah. I'm right here, man. You know, <laughs> he knows that I'm standing right here. Anytime Danny McBride says daddy. Yeah. <laughs> John Goodman gets to sneak in some good ones I mean cheese boy he's just... I mean the
0: second season I think it's the first or second episode of the second season where they try Dan McBride's trying to have the sex talk <laughs> with one of his kids and the way i it's just the way the, the mirror and the phrasing is just fucking
1: amazing because you can feel that like he does not want to be having this conversation he wishes he was anywhere else and but he's also trying to be trying to be the man but it's just he's not he's not doing it and it's just I, yeah, I, he,
0: and I, the thing is I have worked with a guy who talks like Danny McBride really like, yeah just does like the weird like <laughs> like, like inflections and stuff like, okay. like like where he's both trying to sound i think like funny yeah and also maybe like maybe try and make people think he's a little more clever than he is yeah and it just always cracks me up i'll see him do stuff and just be like he you 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 don't idiot. have to be like that yeah <laughs> like, like i get that that's what what's gotten you this far in life but like you can switch it up a little bit yeah, like, come on, no man. shame
1: uh, any honorable mentions to throw in there any, anything else that that struck you
0: as far as tv no not really
1: all right well i'm gonna drop my my top three then uh and or Number 1, baby. Star Wars TV shows have mostly been shit. Yes, they have. A- and for whatever reason, these guys pulled out what is quite possibly the best Star Wars content since The Last Jedi, and they did it on TV, and I feel like nobody watched it.
0: We watched like the first two or three episodes and okay. you know what? I thought it was really good. The people yeah. I was we were watching it with were not so into it. They kept dozing off, but Which okay. It's, it's a slow start. Did, it's a yeah. slow burn. But like I felt like Kind of telling like this everyday, every man story and like set in that world was really interesting. And I think it allowed them to stay close to the subject material, but build on it in ways that were really interesting.
1: Well, right. Because I I always think of because this character, Cassian Endor, does later on become a, a part of Rogue One. The strength of Rogue One was always that none of these people are Jedi. You know, none of these people are...
0: There's the one guy that's Force-sensitive.
1: But he only yeah. has, like, one scene where that happens, and he barely survives it. And, <laughs> but there's, you know, a sense that they're more normal than anyone you see in the Star Wars films, and so this is kind of the, the soldiers on the ground type of story. Well, Andor goes even further and is like, yeah, these people aren't even soldiers, at least not now and they're just in a dire circumstance. He's framed for murder, you know, and then mm-hmm. it becomes a whole thing. Well, eventually he is winds up in an imperial prison, and there's a two- or three-episode bit where he's trying to stage a jailbreak. And talk about slow burns. Some shows would have done that in the first half of an episode. Sure. Done the whole jailbreak. This one sprawls out, takes its time, and it's the better show for it. Andy Serkis shows up, not as a CGI creature. He's just himself. Just and a dude. Fuck yeah. Like, he's, he's a solid actor. I love to see him in stuff. Everyone from the lowly bureaucrats, they get character moments that are interesting. And these aren't the people that you see in a Star Wars thing. So this is kind of like this real ground-level thing. It's deep, and it's interesting, and it's about, like, what is freedom? And uh, it has these ideas about stuff that, like, Ahsoka just fucking didn't. Like it's Ahsoka sucked, and I hated it every minute watching that show. I was like, I could be watching Andor again. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, um, like
0: I think we got halfway through the first season of uh the Mandalorian, yeah. and I'm just like, I, don't, I hate this little fucking green thing.
1: Mandalorian definitely way goes up its own ass, which is really unfortunate because I think the first season has something going for it that's interesting the life of a bounty hunter but then he does the lone wolf and cub thing and he's protecting a kid and that's interesting
0: i think the one of the things that really cracked me about the mandalorian is one of the first shows that you could watch in 4k and then you could and it really works against it because you can see the production values we're like oh that's it literally just like oh that's just like a spray painted like mcdonald's box yeah you know and shit like that and uh
1: yeah, watch it in 720p on a computer monitor and you'll have a better experience. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's you, it really, it really like, oh, that's just like a ping pong ball <laughs> cut in half. <laughs> yeah, and Star, someone,
1: Star Wars stuff doesn't stand up to scrutiny, especially if it's cheaply made. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that was also, I think, one of the first big shows that was filmed using the volume. Mm hmm. I had a coworker explain, like, yeah, like half of that's on green screen.
1: It's a projection screen, so it's like bringing back old-school rear projection techniques, but it's a high-def rear projection technique. Yeah. So, yeah, it is definitely, the settings are definitely more empty. You definitely get this feeling of that. But then Giancarlo Esposito shows up in, this, in the latter half of that season, and, and yeah. he kind of is the big bad, and that's kind of neat.
0: I think this will also make and- Andor nice. It doesn't feel like a lot of it's done that way. No. And it's like watching, uh, I don't know, have you seen Black Widow? Yeah, yeah. Part of the reason why this movie is kind of fun to watch is because it's not all fucking green screen. Like these are oh, these are like physical sets. Like that's a that's a real chair they're sitting in. <laughs> you know, like that's so fucking yeah, sad. They're, they're in like,
1: an actual helicopter. Yeah, yeah, like the, like
0: that like four characters sitting at a table is like whoa.
1: Well, and Florence Poe in that movie. Florence Poe, yeah, she's yeah great, it's great. So Andor definitely gets the the top slot just because it's doing something interesting with Star Wars that hasn't been done in quite some time. Uh, I got to give my second slot to, of course, The Last of Us we've gone over that, but I just got to chime in and just be like, yeah, you know, everything down to the music choices, which most of which are sourced from the original game music. I
0: think some of the stuff was re-recorded and kind of built upon. Yeah. But I'm just um, saying like
1: the tunes are the same. Like yeah. there's, they're not missing a beat here or there. They're not, cha- they're not that p-
0: very mournful, like Appalachian
1: t Boone Pickens, uh, yeah. style stuff. And, and just the, the vibes are immaculate. And then for my third one, dark horse entry, Charlie Brooker produced Kunk on Earth. Uh, if you don't know who Philomena Kunk is, uh, it's a character created by a, a, a comedian, Diane Morgan, and she's a news presenter who is a complete moron. And <laughs> she does these interviews. So Diane Morgan is essentially the new Sasha Baron Cohen. She's, she's talking to these real esteemed yeah. people and asking them, the dumbest question you could possibly ask them. Uh, As a presenter, she's obsessed with the Technotronic song Pump Up the Jam and finds a way to shoehorn it into every episode. Amazing. (laughs) It's actually a sequel to another series that was only in the UK called Kunk on Britain. Uh, But the film in a kunk character was created when Charlie Brooker was doing a series for BBC called The Yearly Wipe, which was also a sequel to his series Screen Wipe. Uh, The Yearly Wipe was a year-in-review show, which was about 45 minutes or so, where they broke down all the major events of the year in a very funny way, and then they had talking heads. One of the talking heads was uh, a a character, Brian Shitpease, and then the other (laughs) one was Philomena Kunk, who was wrong about everything. And so they decided to expand on the Philomena Kunk character, get Kunk her own show, and then Netflix picked it up for Kunk on Earth, a a semi-sequel to that so it's it's like it goes all the way back to like the early 2000s this character that she's been playing uh she's a hoot i love her very much and every fucking episode has at least one or two lines in these interviews where i'm I'm gasping for air i'm laughing so hard brilliant it's a fake news show right it's doing this it's presenting itself as though it's like a documentary series but it's taken the piss the whole time you gotta love that format good deal three quick honorable mentions the new Nathan For You type of show with with Nathan in it. I heard that's and interesting. And Emma Stone called The Curse. Haven't seen the whole thing, so I can't really comment on the quality of the whole thing. But the first two episodes, oh, Jesus, fuck. Uh, very subversive, really wickedly weird. It's it's about documentaries. It's, it's very self-referential. It loops on itself. It's got a Charlie Copin vibe, but also... It's a trip. Uh, you got to love the fact that Emma Stone is taking time out from her busy movie-making career to also do that. Um, I really liked the documentary series Telemarketers.
0: Oh, yes, that was great. Uh,
1: Fantastic. Just slickly produced, really good stuff. And I like the fact that it's like all source footage that this guy started shooting in the late 90s early 2000s he's just like yeah i know this is going to be weird i'm just going to start shooting everything
0: look at my weird shitty job (laughs) yeah
1: and it's just about telemarketer scams about how awful they are but it it nails down this one particular company it's just i don't usually like documentaries but that one was fucking fun and like one of the opening scenes they're like sitting in their car outside of work getting fucking blow whoa before work Either
0: they're smoking and I think the one guy is probably shooting up. And that's like early, early on. Yeah. And I've worked fucking shitty phone jobs so like a lot of that like feels real. Really resonated like yeah like what we were doing was not sketchy but mm-hmm. like just like the part where like these are the dregs of society mm-hmm. and like this, the only little bit of joy you got in life is kind of like subtly fucking with people on the phone but like in a way that no one can ever really call you out on unless they also know what you're doing.
1: Masterful but also the way that the show is structured there in the present day, showing you what happened via this footage, but then also talking about what they're going to, you know, what, what their next thing is. That's that, that to me is also interesting because you've got the two parallel timelines. And then my last article mentioned people hated on this for whatever fucking reason. I guess it was the rain Johnson effect, but, uh, poker face, I enjoyed poker face for exactly what it was, which was Columbo, but with Natasha Leone in it.
0: I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. This is a show?
1: This is a show called Poker Face, yeah. With Uh, Rain Johnson? Sorry, uh, uh, yeah, Ryan Johnson. I keep saying that because Rain Wilson spells his name similarly. It's Ryan Johnson. They produced and directed a couple episodes. Uh, Natasha Leone's the lead. It's a story about a woman who gets in deep with the mob in, in Vegas and then goes on the run. And while she's on the run, she has this innate ability to tell if someone's lying. And so... She goes around inadvertently getting drawn into all these, like, murder mysteries and solving them. And that's the show. Like, (laughs) it takes a little bit of time to kind of get there. The first episode kind of screeches to a halt for a while. But then after that, she's on the road. She's on the run. Doesn't have any money, you know, desperate for jobs. And so she winds up, she goes to work with a a guy who does barbecue and his brother tries to kill him. And, you know, like, there's all this stuff. There's a great episode where the, is she's, it's that classic, uh, we're trapped on the road, and it's ice, you know, it's a big snowstorm, so we got to go to this cabin. But these guys in this cabin are real sketch, and maybe they're killers, maybe they're not. Um, it's an interesting concept, and I really had fun with it. Natasha Leone, fun to watch. She kind of sells every goofy-ass moment, despite the writing being kind of like, okay. <laughs> in spite of the writing, she sells it. It's a fun show good deal. Uh but yeah, it could definitely has that shaggy dog Columbo. Yeah. Uh she's well hey, fun. Well, and uh, 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 another thing. You could almost hear Peter Falk showing up and being like, "You're stealing my bit, woman." The more I think about that show, the more I enjoyed it cuz it's just it's 10 episodes, pretty short. You know, you, you can get through it in a weekend and a lot of people I think forgot about it cuz it came and went, you know, in that kind of yeah. short time span, but uh, it stuck with me cuz like a lot of the murder mystery shows or a lot of those kind of things these days are police procedurals yeah and this one was just this woman down on her luck who knows when people are lying is able to kind of figure stuff out that normal people wouldn't right was kind of neat okay i think that's all i got in me brother um anything else you want to add
0: uh no i think i think it's i think we've we've completely uh critiqued all of all of the uh consumable cultural things that were made in the year of our lord 2023 indeed and i don't think we need to speak on them any further
1: right on before we go i want to do some very special thanks to folks who uh agreed to be on the show with us this year i want to give a thanks to whack nicholson again my apologies that episode did uh not get released i want to thank casey green i want to thank chris ward i want to thank striker spurlock rory blank bitter corella ed zitron miles clee drew toothpaste and thought slime what a year
0: well, what a bunch of people we have on the show <laughs> to, to talk
1: about old weird and
0: that stuff what? What a bunch and of nice wild, folks down there wildest dreams I, I never thought that that we would have some of those people on this podcast. i know um Uh, Really just, you know, even if they didn't have fun, it was a pleasure (laughs) having them on here.
1: (laughs) That's their problem, not ours. (laughs) (laughs) It's a skill issue. (laughs) Two uh,
0: guys in the Midwest want to talk to you about old internet stuff? Like yeah. what's not to <laughs> what, like what? Yeah. my friend my, my friend in Christ, what did you think this was going to be? <laughs> <laughs> From the bottom of my heart, I appreciate everyone that came on the yeah. show. Um even if we forgot to hit record. And
1: um <laughs> never going to live it down oh it's all man right. well, it's all right.
0: the only the only way you can fix this is to convince him to come back on here i know and we have that's to send that's on me that's yeah, on me we have to send him footage of you hitting the record button
1: <laughs> yeah show the webcam you like i'm show doing the it right now i'm hitting now. the record button right now just, swear to god swear
0: to fucking god we're doing it but yeah it's just been uh, another another great year for 48 minutes of dogs barking yeah. we got we got the Craig Turkington bump
1: ah oh, wonderful we love greg we
0: got uh we got I'm sure more weird niche things to explore oh, in 2024. I've got a
1: list a mile long.
0: Oh, there's so much dumb, fucked up shit. <laughs> uh, there's stuff that you've never even thought about.
1: No, I'm sure there isn't. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this is about the time of the show we tell everybody where to find us online. Brian, hit him up with where to get you.
0: Oh, yeah. If you want to um, tell me it's cool that my dog's dead. Uh, oh, God. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on the internet at iShotGeeDeBoard on Twitter. Aka the new Rotten.com. Uh, <laughs> All
1: the real sickos out
0: there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just really this is like some chick with a BBL saying a hot take about the fucking Tesla truck, and then it's just like crying people in Gaza with yeah. tons of gore and dead children that look like precious moments dolls brought to life like terrible elf magic, <sighs> and then uh, and then it's just someone just being like, uh, actually, uh, age is nothing but a number and you're like cool oh i hate every i hate scrolling i hate scrolling <laughs> on this one i particularly hate when i actually get stuck on the for you oh. it's like what 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 is this this what is not for think? me yeah this <laughs> is not for me yeah all the uh, instagram uh twitter threads, threads yeah. red blue sky I, yeah logged in the blue sky for the first time in like months yeah and I guess someone I just decided to follow is like mutuals with my ex. Ugh. So then like, got to see like images of my ex is getting married. I'm like, cool, cool. Good to know. I'm, All I'm, right. I'm, I'm, yeah, cool. I'm also like really great motivation. I know if I ever get married, I'm not going to have a wedding as lame as that.
1: Hey, oh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, you know, living well is the best revenge. It is. Yeah.
0: You know, um if you want to look at foes of mine that I've taken, uh, com. you want to mm-hmm. see like some words I've written to go along with some of those foes, it's amusicphotographer.com. If you want to see the best, last, and only good media website in St. Louis, uh, is the artsstl.com. Do A you have anything coming up? Here, okay, I was going to say... I'm just, I'm, been waiting for two weeks to get confirmation on zed's dead mm. we're performing tomorrow night as of this recording and it's just really starting to look like it's not gonna happen yeah. i don't know
1: but hey if you don't get to shoot that you can come over to my house and yeah, party so your house yeah and, and, and talk shit about me for hours however whatever you, what whatever you
0: want to do whatever it is here eat this <laughs> is it? don't worry don't worry you little pig yeah snort is oink oink yeah Yeah, okay, Jason. If they want to make you, okay, if people want to show you things that they want you to eat,
1: (sighs) you can hit me up on Twitter and various other places as Video Crime, V I D E O C R I M E, with the exception of Instagram and TikTok. Those places I am, Laser Goose CEO. You can also find me on Substack, golfwolfmagazine.substack.com. Got a new article in the works. It's about movie musicals, and it's about how much I like La La Land, so I'm not going to send Brian a link to it. But for those of you who want to read it, you. yeah, it's just a personal favor. And uh, you can also find me on Midnight Pals. is a uh, podcast about uh, fictional versions of uh, living and dead authors around a campfire telling stupid stories. It's gross. It's sexy. It's funny. That is midnightpals.simplecast.com. And uh, you can call the show, 314-246-9766. Tell us how wrong we were about our albums of the year, and I will promptly delete it. You can also shoot (laughs) us an email, (laughs) jason at 48MinutesDogsBarking.com, brian with a Y at 48MinutesDogsBarking.com, and you can support the show, patreon.com slash 48MinutesOfDogs.
2: Yeehaw!
1: Well, this year has been uh, a bit of a ride. Really glad that it's coming to a close. Excited for what's happening next year. A bit of a preview. We are talking in the next couple of weeks to Kay Thor Jensen, one of our excellent one of our compadres from the, the old cum Internet. shirt guy. The cum shirt guy. That's right. He did the, the Doom logo with cum. Uh, that's gonna be about the middle of the month in January. We've got a few other super secret interviews lined up, but we're 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 looking good. We're looking we're looking like we're gonna Hell have yeah. some fun.
0: I'm excited. I'm excited to see who else. We can get on this beautiful show uh, and be like, hey, this person I respect, do you want to see inside of a guy's asshole? <laughs> Too bad. Click. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. We're all, listen, this is the only game in town. That's
1: right. We're going to describe it to you is, is, if you, you want don't want to see This see guy
0: it. looks like Adam Savage's asshole.
1: <laughs> well, it's about the time the show. We say namaste and good luck. Eat the, Eat knife. the knife. That's right.